You know what I think? I think that we're all in our private traps, clamped in them, and none of us can ever get out. We scratch and, and claw, but only at the air, only at each other. And for all of it, we never budge an inch. Welcome, Boneheads. It is here once again, the iconic classic, The Skeleton Crew Horror Podcast. The podcast that will tickle your funny bone and have you screaming for more. Exclusively at Horrorphilia.com with your trio of numbskulls, Jamie Sammons. I, 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 I like it. Dan Chase. I love fucking you guys, dude. Yo. And Alex Edwards. Yeah, asshole. Woo! You are now entering the bone zone. Guys, it's time to take a little trip. We are going to Slovakia. Wait, where are we going? <laughs> Bratislava. Bratislava. And then we're going to go to Barcelona. We're going to Amsterdam. Amsterdam. That's where we're going. Smoke the man I want. And we are here with the drifter, Dan Chase. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> That's me. And guess who's back? Guess who's back? Jamie Jenkins. Yes. Importantly, Jamie. Can I be the back. queen of the swing? <laughs> yes, you can. Yes. And I am Alex the Pimp. Everybody knows that. <laughs> Man, I really wish I was a pimp. Do you have that thing on your lip? Do you have the herpy on your lip? Yeah. I, I just. That it's is cool, so Alex. hot. <laughs> what happened is I fell asleep with a cigar in my mouth. <laughs> oh, is that what it was? I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure it's herpes from Amsterdam. Me and my friend Cobra, we both have the same. <laughs> thing <on>. Nice. <laughs> Married with Children podcast. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, guys, this is the torture porn show. Woo! We're going to talk about Woo-hoo. torture porn. <laughs> I want to get into that big time, too. Just that phrase. It, I do see how like people see... Hostel and Hostel 2 and Hostel 3. No, I was kidding. <laughs> As different than um, a normal horror movie because, you know, this to- torture porn thing, uh, it's fine. You know, people can call it. They categorize whatever they want. What it really means is basically torture porn is, is movies like Saw, Serbian Film, Salo, Itchy the Killer, Cannibal Holocaust, Martyrs, Human Centipede, Turistas. Devil's Rejects, Audition, Wolf Creek, Severance, Inside, Vile. Are you just going to name every horror film ever? Because that's what <laughs> <laughs> The Collector, I Spit on Your Grave, uh, <laughs> Frontiers, Passion of the Christ. <laughs> oh, shit. He didn't let me get to my show. That's all right. But, yeah, that's what that is, basically. It's, it's kind of gross-out graphic horror. I mean, yeah. This is the movie that spawned the coining of that term. Exact. Thank you, Jay. Yes. Yes. Go, James. Go. This is it, dude. 
Hostel is torture porn. That's what this movie is about. Like, like literally, that's what this whole fucking plot is, dude. Like all those other movies, and I agree, they they have those aspects, but that whole fucking phrase that was coined, dude, it was because of this fucking movie. Like, this is it, dude. And and that's why I don't really necessarily like it. It's because I I I, I like it, but I don't because because this movie, I feel like it's in its own category in terms of that. Like, yeah, there's other movies that incorporate it, but no other movie nails it quite, quite nails that phrase quite like this movie. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it's it's torture porn, right? So it's people getting off or enjoying watching people or doing it themselves, and that's what this is: paying people. It's like going to a whorehouse. That's what it is. Going, they say it in the movie. It's I. He's like, I don't see the turn on and going to, into a room and and paying to do whatever you want to somebody. Yet he still does it, you know. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it it is what it is. And and I I gotta say, I know the word torture porn is really looked down upon. I know a lot of like, uh, you know, you, you ever hear all those random interviews from like these older actors and stuff or directors and horror. And they say now it's all this, you know, torture. Like they, they literally shun this entire uh, subgenre of horror as if this is like where it all went wrong. Right. It's funny because I'm watching this and I'm like, no, there's a place for this. I don't know <laughs> what you guys are thinking. I mean, I know, sorry, you weren't a part of it and it like kind of made you feel left behind, but it doesn't mean that it's bad. It's. It's, it's all this stuff is great, you know, like there's greatness in, in everything. And a lot of the movies I named, there's a lot of great movies in there, obviously. So people, I don't know, they just they get very defensive about this aspect of horror. Well, Alex, too, man, you know, the whole fucking thing was was based on real life shit. Right. And and Al Qaeda videos. I mean, dude, how many people listening right now has clicked on a fucking Al Qaeda beheading video for real? Yeah, and well, this specific film. By the way, have we mentioned that we're talking about Hostel? Hostel. Yeah. Have we actually said that? Eli Roth's Hostel. Yeah, Eli- remember I said I said Hostel Three. I said just kidding. Oh, that's right. That's right. Okay. <laughs> yes. Um. Well, he's been cited as as being inspired by what Americans did to Iraqi prisoners right. in Abu Ghraib. Right. So Abu Ghraib. Abu Ghraib. I'm trying to say it Abu. correctly. Everyone says Abu on the news. They always said Abu Abu Grabe, like grape, right, or, right, right. or but. Uh, that sounds good. Um, Would you like a slushy? Abu, I want a grape slushy. When those <laughs> photographs of what was going on in that prison surfaced in 2004, and it was just horrible, despicable. I mean, uh, unmentionable shit, like stuff that you just can't imagine that people were doing completely. I mean, Geneva Convention completely thrown out the window. What the fuck is going on here? And these are American. These are Americans doing this. It, it And these are Americans doing this thing. I mean, we love to contribute horrific shit to other people because of our xenophobia, I guess. Uh, but it's when it comes home, when it comes home to roost and you see what uh, what actual Americans are perpetrating on prisoners of war, then it's, it's, it's fucking horrible. Right. So, um, in that sense, I mean, the fact that you see pictures like that, and like you said, the Al Qaeda videos, or, you know, um, you see a journalist getting beheaded, um, and then people just go, they go clickbaity all over that, you know, and mm-hmm. they sit and they watch these things. 
that is the true torture porn because it's fucking yeah. real, right. you know. Right. And, and like you said, when those pictures surfaced and everything, Jamie, everybody, you know, nobody likes to think that Americans do it. But and when uh, when Eli Roth uh, was asked by, you know, Slovakian people while filming this movie over there, they were all like, well, dude, do you really think that, you know, people like this? And he pointed out that, well, dude, it's the Americans that are doing the most fucked up shit in these movies. It's it's American businessmen. It's it's basically rich yeah. businessmen. Right. So it's not people from Slovakia. It's it, he kind of mentioned it like as if. Uh, it was this part in the world where communism fell a long time ago and the Russian mob just basically came in and that's where they're doing it because it's because they can get away with it there. It's not necessarily the people. It's it's the Americans, like we said. No. It's it's yeah. Well, and you're looking at economically depressed people who right. will allow shit like this to right. go on because one tourism, they really can't fight against it, even if they want to. Two, they need the money. <laughs> and um, plus, where are they going to get their bubble gum? You know, <laughs> bubble gum. But, bubble gum. <laughs> but well, that, that's the whole point of this movie, though. The price of life, dude. Right. Yeah, the price of yeah. especially I mean, towards the this, second one. Yeah. In the first one, I was. Yeah, that that's an excellent point, because we get really heavily into Americans in the second one. In yep. the first one, we do have the Dutch businessman and we do have the German or we don't actually know what he does for a living because he just speaks German. But, yeah, they call him um, the surgeon. Yeah. The, yeah. Um, and then we have the one American guy. And they all have their different reasons for being there, and they're all explored. You know, Well, the German guy isn't so much explored, except the only thing you get from him is when Paxton starts speaking German to him, oh, he immediately sh shuts up, you know, because he doesn't want to hear, you know, he doesn't want to hear his own language uh, coming back to him. But, it, I mean, you know, because it humanizes Paxton. When he, oh, yeah. You know, it's important for these people to have foreigners to do this on, which is why the locals there are so cheap. The Americans are uh, – Europeans right, are a little right, more right. expensive. Americans 10, 000, are premium. 000. And yeah. then when they get the Asian girl, she's like 50000 Or <laughs> Yeah, right, right, right. Um, yeah. And then you've got the Dutch man who, I mean, he's got all kinds of shit he's, he is going through. Like he's, um, he always wanted to be a doctor, but his hands are shaky. So he couldn't right. be a doctor, but he blames them. So like, you know, they wouldn't let me do it rather than saying, Hey, I, I couldn't always wanted to be a doctor. And then he has his repressed homosexuality, which he then, I mean, uh, when he's drilling holes into Josh, right. I mean, that is, I mean, you couldn't be any more clear oh, yeah, than or more phallic than that you know like i'm drilling holes right into this young boy this tasty boy that i already felt up earlier oh dude they, if you look really closely he's got a huge boner when he slits his throat too he's loving it <laughs> he's I loving mean, it's, that shit it's um and that's the thing that kills me about this movie and I'm, I'm i'm glad to hear you say the stuff that you're saying about it because uh, there are a couple of things that bother me when people talk about this movie. One is when people just dismiss it as nothing but gore. Oh, dude. And I, I get really up in arms about that because if you know anything about Eli Roth, whether you enjoy his films or not, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. If you know anything about Eli Roth, then you know that he has always, always been – his films have been steeped in sociopolitical commentary of some kind or another. Right. So. Hostel 1 and 2 are very strong as far – I mean they talk about everything from like we already mentioned to torture to itself to capitalism. 
And then even most recently with, say, the Green Inferno, um, he had a lot to say about social justice, social with it. Social, hey, see, look, I'm saying good stuff and I fucked myself up. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's all so, so social down. justice yes. warriors and, you know, the yeah. hect, uh, hectivists, you know, or people yeah. who who sort of tangentially want to get involved but don't really know how to do it the right way. And he's it's like PCU. So, yeah. That's his that's his commentary on what's going on. I mean, and he's been stated as most I mean, horror films traditionally work on what's going on around us for going way back to German Impressionism, going forward a little bit to the 50s atomic big bug movies, going even f- more forward to that to black exploitation, any whatever is going on in society is mirrored in the horror that we ingest and that is exactly why i think horror is so i'm I'm, I'm, here i go i'm sorry guys but (laughs) this is exactly why i think horror is as important as it is and i'm i have been trying my damnedest to keep people from treating it like the redheaded stepchild of film genres for the past decade plus because people need to realize that what how we release ourselves as horror fans and how horror filmmakers make yeah. statements is is by presenting them in a way that I mean no one wants to do- watch a documentary uh, about half the shit that horror films are made of but if you put it into a term that makes it a little more digestible right. not only because a documentary would be boring but what I mean is then it it will hit you in the right way it'll hit you in a way that will disturb you and hopefully that will because that's their that's their point that's their right. goal is to disturb you so if it can disturb you on a fiction level then maybe it can make you think about what's actually going on in the world. And so when Eli Roth does this, he does all of this with great care and a lot of, I mean, a lot of intellectual thought right. went into Thank went you. into this film. And so when people dismiss this film as being Ugh. nothing but a gore fest, it just, I want to punch him in the face. Because I'm like, you know, pay attention. Watch what's actually happening. You know, yes, there's a lot of gore. And to be honest, when I watched it this time, there's actually more gore than I but, remembered there being. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, a lot more, also a lot more nudity. Yep. But I think there's a lot to be said about his use of nudity, too. I don't think he threw it in there just because he likes to see tits. No. You know, there is there is thought behind it. And um, and basically, there's so much going on here about the, the cost of life, the cost of human flesh. They, the I mean... I mean, Jesus Christ, you could write papers on on what's going on in this film. And the other thing that pisses me off about when when people talk about this movie is how they say they're just like, oh, there's there are no likable characters in the movie. These guys are assholes. No, they're not. You know, the two of them are Oli is an American. He's Icelandic. But the, the two main, main characters are American. And so they have their whole, you know. At one point, Josh is like, we're Americans. We have our rights, you know. And of course, that whole, shit. Exactly. Yeah. There's that American yeah. douchebaggery there that we we feel as Americans like we can go anywhere in the world and get anything we want and we That's can just it. walk all over everybody. Yeah. But at the same time, when you get down to it, when you boil them down as actual characters, they're not bad guys. No. You know, you've got Paxson who has felt completely guilty his entire life because he watched a little girl drown and wow. there was nothing he could do about it. So in the end, when Kana is getting killed and he hears that happening, he yep. is on his way to safety. Oh. But 
he turns around and yep. goes back because Dude, he I would couldn't never. stand to he leave. He was so close, too. I would never go back. I know. And he doesn't know the girl. He doesn't know the girl. And there's, it's a whole building full of people getting tortured. Yes. Right. He doesn't right. He doesn't owe her anything. You know, he doesn't. He doesn't. I mean, there's no reason. It's not like she's his friend. But if he is such a horrible human being, why would he do that? Because I'll tell you why. Because he's not a horrible human being. You know? Exactly. And, Jamie, I'm so glad you said that about about having not likable characters, too, because Eli Roth purposefully did that. You know, you got the uh, you, you got the Derek Richardson's character there. And, you know, he's actually even portrayed as like this. This kid may actually even be gay because, you know, they're all like, hey, you fa- fucking fag. Go in there. And well, yeah, because he, he won't participate in the whorehouse like, thing. He yeah. won't, you know. Yeah. yeah. So so Paxton's playing this Jay Hernandez, who, by the way, is a fucking terrific actor, dude. Oh, you mean the poor man's Ralph Macchio? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I was confused for a minute. Alex, Alex, so before I go on, Alex, t- I want you to talk about this movie a lot, too, because I, I want to hear your opinions on it. No, no, just you two. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead, because I want to, because... No, 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 it, really, it, one, Okay, all right, I'll get back to the... <laughs> back, well, no, because I, I want to talk about that. Dude, I'm just kidding. Of course I'm going to talk about it. Well, because I relate, dude, the way I see Eli Roth and his attention to detail, dude, and his, his social commentary stuff like Jamie was saying, but then, Jamie, the other aspect of it, too, is... This guy's the biggest horror movie fan ever. Like, you got a fucking cameo, got two cameos in both these movies from yes. huge horror directors. And in this first one, Takashi Miike, dude, are you fucking kidding me? Like, this guy is so ingrained in horror movies, in everything to do with horror. I mean, he reminded me of you guys. I told you this before, where he had his bar mitzvah, horror-related, where he was splattered with blood. I thought about you guys' wedding, stuff like that. So when I think of Eli Roth and his attention, to detail, it's weird because I always think of you, Alex. You guys are very much alike, and that's why I always try to like introduce you to this guy's work because I, I, dude, after these movies, I have not been a fucking Eli Roth dick rider at all. I haven't loved his shit. I appreciate it, yes, whatever, but this Hostel 1 and 2, I think, in Cabin Fever to a certain extent, was his sweet spot, and I thought he did it. He did these movies so fucking well. Everything, everything that he did in these movies that I always relate it to, to Dude, you. we all know why you like him. We saw his shirt he was wearing in the first movie. Oh, the Reds last night. Did you notice, too, his brother was in that? It looked like two Eli Ross when they were smoking mm-hmm. weed. That's fine <laughs> yeah. with me. Speaking of Bear Jew, I was not a huge fan of Eli Ross. Until Inglorious Bastards. Yes. And when he was the Bear Jew, I was like, oh, my lordy, give me that, that is what I said, I think, at the time. <laughs> but um, so we got on that one. Like, I wasn't a big, huge fan of Cabin Fever. And to be honest, I actually didn't like it at all uh, initially. Uh, I need to really watch it again. I haven't seen it in years. I would like to watch it again because I have grown in appreciation for Roth's work. And I really am a fan of his now. Um, the first, this first movie I did really like when it came out. The second one, I initially uh, just said, oh, it's just more of the same. And I, you know, except for the, with the gender swap and I didn't really care for it. But then the more I watched it, um, the more I really came to appreciate it. And, um, I actually quite love it now. And, and you know, you know, what's great about the second one, how they get in so much into the minutia. I, I think that that, that also works 
to the first one's advantage as well in being that it doesn't get into any of that. It leaves you asking questions. Like when we get to Rick Hoffman and it's that scene and, oh, and by the way, that motherfucker did that scene in fucking one take, dude. They had it on the first take. Oh, they got the big face, the bottom face? Yeah, remember he was fucking blowtorch in the, the... Dude, he looks like his face... <laughs> either shrunk on the top half or grew on the lower half. He yeah. looks like that rat that you posted on the cut to the chase thing. Uh, he looks like uh, a rat. <laughs> he, looks like that rat. <laughs> he looks like a caricature of a human being. Mm. He right? kind of reminds me of Ron Perlman in, in that the big face at respect. I mean, his his the bottom half of his face is, is huge. It's yeah, I mean, Jamie, you want to know something weird? The uh, crew for this movie actually was the same crew that worked on Hellboy. Well, see, that's why they did. <laughs> oh, 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 and Alex, you said Passion of the Christ. Uh, so Eli Roth was very upset that uh, that this movie, because this movie had two ambulances called when it was in theaters. And one was because the guy fainted in the elevator. And then one, uh, I think another lady uh, almost passed out. He's like, did she die? They were like, no. He's like, fuck, I wanted a death. Passion of the Christ had a death. <laughs> oh, my God. How could he say something so horrible? <laughs> oh, yeah, right. But seriously, like, that's like the ultimate thing, like exorcist type shit. Like, oh, man, like, that's the greatest compliment you can get. Shit. <laughs> people have died listening to our show. Uh, people have wanted to die listening to our They've show. They've committed suicide while they had the headphones Alex. on. What are your thoughts? Because I, I and I apologize. Bitch. I kind of, I kind of went off on a tirade. I know I did, but I've been oh, Jamie, bursting been... at the seams since I watched Bitch, this Jamie. film. Oh, Jamie, don't, no one's waiting to hear what I think, so don't ever think that you have to. No, yeah, I am. Anyways, I'm waiting Jamie, to hear. What uh, you how think. about that scene where? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting to hear what you. I mean, do you, do you, do you like this film? I thought they were both horrible. I mean, oh, it was... fuck. So. Yeah, asshole. <laughs> no, I actually, as I was sitting there, I actually bought the, remember I told you I was on a, a Blu-ray box set kick? Yes. So when I knew we were going to do this show, I figured, um, I I was like lukewarm on them. I never had a, a real problem with these movies, and, but I never thought about them or cared about them. So I said, well, Dad keeps on talking about this, and he wanted to do this show, so obviously it, it, like time didn't hurt them, so... Uh, let me go ahead and just invest. I think literally you could buy both these movies in a double pack for four bucks on Blu-ray. So it wasn't like a huge <laughs> commitment of mine. Uh. So I went and did that. And I was sitting there last night watching these. And all I could think about was how every second of both of these movies are insanely strong. There's not a second oh, of downtime. There's nothing that's not good. And I thought they both ended strong. They were both great. I was like, wow, I, I, I got to start showing these movies to people. Like when people come over, this is the shit I should be putting on. <laughs> you Isn't know? it I, great? Dude, they're both super strong. And like, I'm so happy I have them now on Blu-ray. And I'm like, man, what else am I missing out on that I haven't explored over the 90s or 2000s? <laughs> you know? Well, yeah. we'll get we'll get them all in before the crew's over here. Well, dude, let's let's talk about that one scene though that that you had a problem with uh, in the beginning. You guys, I know you did because I had the same problem with it when he with the convenience of all of them converging in the street. And he just runs them down. Like I no, I don't a... think I thought that was just epic, dude. Like 
to like that thing moving and because that's the last thing you sort of think about you wonder what's behind it and then as soon as that big truck and plus when the truck's there i almost don't even know if anyone's gonna get in and move it when he's beeping the horn you know and then yeah yeah i yeah. think you're i think you're kind of expecting him to be trapped at that point right you know? dude from that from the second that that van moves out it, uh, actually, no, technically from the second that he shoots uh, Rick Hoffman, it's a revenge movie from that mo- from that point. It's like 15 minutes of just uh, uh, yeah, it's an escape as well. But it's it's 100 percent a revenge movie. Like and when he does that, when he mows that bitch down, dude, I'm sorry, dude. But like when I was in the theater and saw that the fucking crowd was cheering, dude, like oh, it, yeah. it, it is a movie moment. Yes. And, and some people, have said oh, of that- course it is. Yeah, it's not a real life moment. Right. No. But dude, I mean, it's a fun. We're watching a movie here, so you gotta extend certain liberties to it. And if that's like, that's as far left as it goes. If that's the one you do, then hey, hats off to you. And I'm so glad those bitches got it, anyways, because goddamn, like, if, can you imagine if they just got away with it? And yeah, he got that guy back, but like the whole fucking networking. You're my bitch. Yeah, that makes you my bitch. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's definitely. Yeah, I know what you mean, but. <clears throat> You could see that as a flaw, but there are movie moments all over the place and almost everything else we like. So what the hell? I mean, uh, I'm not going to no. And it's such a if, if you're going to choose that moment and it it's going to get a reaction and make people feel a certain way when they're watching it, then once again, a, another correct decision. So, yeah, like I Plus said, we get that this- awesome scene where the guy's getting his head caved in by the bubblegum gang. Yeah. Yes. I love oh, that fucking scene, right? man. I mean, you get that close-up shot of that head being smashed, and that is oh. beautiful. That's a beautiful thing to to behold. I actually re- rewinded that to watch that part. Again. Did you really? Yeah, I wanted to see how his head sunk in again. Yeah. Oh, that was great, dude. <laughs> it was you so know what sick. I love? Uh, what I love about the the girl, like one of my favorite scenes with the girls and Paxton, is when they're sitting in the bar right before he goes and passes out. Yep. And the girls are speaking German, talking and shit. they're just talking shit. And they assume because he's American yeah. that he doesn't know what they're saying. Yeah. And then he throws down some German. She's like, oh, you speak German. And he's like, yeah, yeah. I do. Bitch. You know, bitch. I heard and everything I'm like, you fucking yes. said. Yes. yes. Well, okay. That, that's one thing I wanted to point out to you guys. Okay. So generally this is at the, at its core, right? And I mean, I say at its core, one of the aspects at its core is this is a fish out of water story. If anybody's ever traveled like this, I personally have never traveled abroad, but I don't know about you guys, but I have certain preconceived notions of what it's like going overseas and being, you know, a fish out of water. Like, think about that, dude, you're all alone and you got nobody there, but your friends. Like if you lose your friends, you're kind of fucked, dude. Like, and especially like, yeah, cell phones were around then and shit like that. Don't don't get me wrong, obviously in 2005, but it's just, it, it's still like, oh wow, like I am, uh, even the cops say, you're so far from home. Like, that it's is, the, oh damn it, that is the oh, scariest line yes. in the movie to me is when oh, the yeah. cop says, you are so very far from home. Yep. And I mean, to me, that is just terrifying. And he yep. doesn't have his passport, he doesn't have his cell phone. Nothing. Nothing. Nothing, nothing that, that, Nothing that I mean, he does have there's a certain amount of safety that comes along with with being an American uh, just because we have like the consulates and whatever. I mean, there's always somewhere you can go um, and seek refuge or help or something, you know, some some way to connect with back home. But without any form of identification or anything like that, what what I mean, what can he do? You know, it's yeah, exactly. Scary as fuck. 
And dude, okay, so he, here's what I love about that in particular too. Eli Roth plays on that and takes it one step further because I'm so glad that you brought up the Paxton character and how much of an asshole he was. Yet he's got a heart. You can see it, yes. But really, everything in this movie, the first, I don't know, half hour, 45 minutes or so, is from Derek Richardson's character's point of view, right? It's from that guy's point of view. Everything is basically, you know, when he's having sex, it's from his point of view. All that shit. Jay Hernandez is in the background, right? So, and Eli Roth made this a specific thing. This is why I love it too, Alex. I know, I know this has happened so much in movies now that it's almost become like a trope, but he said he wanted to pull the, the psycho, psycho switch. switch. Yeah, dude, he wanted to do it and, and kill that motherfucker. Oh, and that, that's another thing too. Uh, were you guys surprised with the reveal? Cause he did switch in both guys breathing. Um, before they took the mask off Derek, Derek Richardson when he's first getting tortured there. He wanted it to be a surprise. I was generally, su- generally surprised when they pulled it off. I thought it was going to be Paxton for sure. But anyways, when they kill him, it leaves us like, oh, shit, and now we're stuck with this asshole character where we don't really like him. And to me, that makes you feel so alone. Like, you don't even really like this guy, but now you got to kind of, like, go with him throughout the movie. And then, obviously, as it progresses, you you know, I, I, yeah, I love he, He's a little too cocky and confident for me. But yeah. th- I love how that was on purpose, though. Do you know what I mean? Like, all these things, dude, that Roth does is so fucking on purpose and so specific and for a reason and it all builds to something that I cannot see why people don't fucking like this movie dude I'm like dude what and that's why when they generalize like Jamie said oh I don't like the torture porn shit what sorry well one thing I guess I didn't understand or maybe I did I just expected something when the girl puts the drugs in all their mouths it sort of didn't really lead anywhere I mean they both still got to bang the chicks and stuff like that and you know, it didn't, I, you know, forgetting about this movie, I thought, you know, one of them would just pass out and they would just take him away or something. And not, that never happened. And they still got to bang both these broads. But the other guy, Oli or whatever, he, he went off with another chick. So I don't know if that pill in his mouth even in, had anything to do with him getting captured. No, well, uh, dude, think about this. I'll bet you the fucking Dutch businessman and, and the other guy, they just weren't ready yet. Well, see, here's the the, it's yeah. I mean, I think so too, especially after watching the second one because um, which it didn't hit it didn't hit me until I watched the second one because when we were watching the first one, and you know they took Oli, and the other two guys wake up after banging the chicks. They wake up in the morning and and they're fine. And I was like, why wouldn't you take that opportunity to just take them all? Like, why would you? Why why waste that opportunity? Just you have them. You know they're they're not going anywhere. Take them. And then, um, and Brian's like, yeah, I don't know, maybe, and well, like, we don't know. I mean, it, I don't know, just because to stretch it out, I guess, right. you know, cause, cause movie. But then oh. like, once you watch the second one now, and this isn't saying that it was intentionally done in the first one, because this, the second one is a sequel and I don't know right. how, you know, who knows. He, he couldn't know he was going to, yeah. Exactly. Like who knows where his thought process was, yeah. but once you watch the second one and you see the whole bidding war take place and uh, all of that, you know, yeah. maybe, I mean, then you can go back to the first one and go, okay, maybe they didn't take them because no one had bid on them. Like they weren't, they weren't sold yet. Right, right. You know, yeah, you know what? I went on eBay. I didn't find anybody. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> I love that scene too, by the way. 
Well, hey, can I say this too? Okay, so a lot of complaints from people are, uh, dude, the, the first half of this movie isn't scary. It's not supposed to be scary. It's supposed to be a slow burn movie. And once that carnage. It's, no, it's tension though. It's tension the whole time. Because like Jamie said, you're, in a, you're a fish, or like you said, you're a fish out of water. The, the, this whole place is creepy. Like these people, I mean, right? It, it, I mean, I'm not sure. Like our listeners who are from there aren't like this, but they obviously <laughs> took your most, you know, the underbelly of your society or whatever, and <laughs> right. and that's what they're portraying. And like, it's just the creepiest situation. The girls, you gotta wonder, you know, oh, two tens are actually, you know, in love with me here, and just make it out with me and I don't have to try and this is easy and you know I mean they do imply that all those girls around there are easy like the way they put the one girl there dude I'm not gonna bang a girl in a coma it's okay I'll just go find another one like you know and then the one guy says (laughs) well look I'm not gonna pay for it you know it's He's like, I think bestiality is so, so legal in Amsterdam because that chick's a fucking hog. No, that doesn't have to do with anything. But yeah, no. That actually is the – that's actually the one line that kind of detracts from Paxton in my point. I agree. Just because I was like, oh, man. I mean, just because for one, I didn't think she was all – I mean, she was oh, – she, she was chunkier than the other girl, but it's not like she was a hippo. I didn't, you right. know. Well, but yeah. I just – and even if she was, whatever, I, you know, I, other than that, I don't see them as doing anything. And that wasn't even really malicious because he said it to his friend and whatever. Right, it's not, it's right. not like he said it to her face, like, hey, no. hey, you fucking hog. You know, he didn't say right. that to her. So it wasn't with malicious intent. He was just, you know, doing things or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't really see them as ever being anything like doing anything bad or malicious or horrible. Like Oli has a family or you know, he did have a family. He was he married for years. Yeah, I got the Dodger man. He has a little girl. He's actually very intelligent. He speaks all these different languages. He's very, you know, he's out right. for a good time and they're not doing anything illegal or illicit where they are. Everything they're doing is perfectly legal and they're paying money to do it. So right. it's it's not like they're bad people. They're just going to places where they can do things that they want to do and pay to do what they want to do. So what, you know, it's a business and you're, and they're partaking of that business that doesn't make them bad people. I just, I, I have never, and it's interesting that you brought up the whole, the psycho switch thing, because I never even picked up on that. Mm. I I didn't, honestly, I didn't. I, I never really thought of Paxson being in the... And I, I'm not sure. I honestly well, can't tell you right. what I thought of a decade ago when I first saw this film. Um, I don't I don't know how it affected me then. I don't remember. But in subsequent watchings, I haven't... Uh, I've always just pictured Paxson as being in the forefront. And that's probably because I already knew that he right. ended up, you know, being the, 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 the successor in the end. But... Yeah. I just, I never disliked him, you know, I never, I never disliked any of them. Like I, I just thought they were guys doing guy things and, and anyone just out for a good time, not hurting anyone, you know, like they never did anything to hurt anyone, you know? See, and, and oh, and by the way, that Oli character, uh, that guy is basically playing himself. Uh, Eli Roth met that guy in Iceland uh, while on uh, while he was touring uh, Cabin Fever. And that basically is that guy. That That's his personality. I love you, that guy. I would love exactly. to hang out with that guy. I think he's awesome. 
see, this is this movie's Dennis. And you know how Alex hates Dennis and Cabin Fever because of the fucking pancakes karate shit. Like, and I agree with Alex on that one. Dude, he's right. You guys are right. You guys are right. That's stupid. But in this case, like, this guy was so great that he was like, I'm going to put him in my movie. And it worked. But here's what I liked about the only thing and why and how, because they didn't, you know, capture them the first night or whatever, it really did build that dread. Like, from that second on, from, uh, and then they played that Wicker Man song, by the way, when they're fucking, by the way, which is great. Uh, and I like how they even did the sex scenes because it's like it wasn't rough and raw like oh he was fucking the chick in the bathroom or whatever it was like nice music and like I said even to point out from Derek Richardson's character like this kid's probably a fucking virgin if not maybe he's been laid once or twice or whatever but anyways and when they when Oli disappears dude and you look up and you see that bed and he's not there from that point on it's a different movie and it becomes a mystery right and they have to build that mystery if they just went from absolutely nothing to all of a sudden craziness because they actually even had a scene where they take Oli out and they drag him into a van uh it's on the deleted scenes as well but they took it out and they said this would be so much more effective if they just wake up and cut to that and then realize oh our buddy's missing yeah, we have the same point of view as the his friends now. Exactly, dude, which makes us feel even more in tune with those two. They're looking for him. It becomes weird. It sets up that scene where the guy where the fucking butcher is fucking in the hostel there and, and he fucking texts a picture of his head. Like there's so much greatness <laughs> with that, dude. Like yeah, I like how the hunchback is a sense of humor. Oh, and by the way, that guy really is a hunchback. That's that's he has a hunchback. That's him. I was trying I was looking at him when I was watching this, trying to determine whether or not it was a prosthetic yep. and and it didn't it looked completely real so i was like i'll yep. bet that guy really is you know he really totally. does look like that so yeah yep. yeah yeah i didn't like the house of dracula where they set that girl up with that <laughs> i don't think he's very good at his job though like did you see how many times he like he would pull a body over he'd chop off a few things throw it in the bucket then take the bucket back and then I, bring and then he, there's still body part there's still body parts up there but he's dragging another body over. i'm like dude finish one before you move on to another and yet he's gonna stop and pick up some fingers i'm like you got shit laying all over the place why are you gonna stop and right, pick yeah, up these fingers me like that there would be a zillion fingers if i you know like i wouldn't pick any of those but whatever that job is it has the wrong uh description or something because why aren't they using all that for hot dog meat like, they're just uh, throwing yeah, this dude. in the infirmary, whatever it's called, infirmary. Did you know they use real meat, dude? So, uh, by the way, the interiors were filmed in an insane asylum, and, dude, everybody was puking, throwing up because of the smell and shit, dude. Oh, that's gross. How about when he was throwing up, but he couldn't throw up because the gag was in his mouth? <laughs> oh, dude, yeah, and that's another thing. Guys, okay, this is, I, I thought about this before, but I really wanted to get into this for the show because it's the first time it really dawned on me. When, when he fucking gets the chainsaw and, and, and then, you know, he's choking because, oh, and by the way, when he speaks that German, by when, like Jamie said, okay, they speak nine different languages in this movie and none of them, not one language is in subtitles. I love that too, because if you don't speak, if you don't what? speak the language, yeah. then uh, which, and, and of those, the only other than, other, other than English, the only other one of those languages I speak is German. So yeah. I could get what they were saying when they were speaking. Oh, you German. did? What did he say? Other, what did he other say? Other than that. Well, here, in the, I got the I got the yeah, gist. I wasn't. Um, yeah, I don't remember what they said in English, Dan. I was actually telling Brian while we were watching it, but I don't remember now. But um, but what that does, and I love about it, is it adds to, it adds to the isolation, Aliens. you know? Yeah. I yeah. mean, if we as the audience don't know what is part, what is taking place between all of these characters, 
just like the characters don't, you know, like because Paxton understands when they're speaking German, but he doesn't understand when they're speaking any all, all of the other ones. You know, Oli speaks a, clearly a bunch of languages, but yeah. he's taken out very quickly. So it doesn't, you know, doesn't matter. Doesn't help him any. So exactly. So (laughs) we are then in that respect, just as isolated as he is, which adds to the tension, adds to the terror and puts you in his shoes. I think that's a brilliant move. And um, Uh and one I mean, he plays with language and, you know, he's like a protege of Tarantino. Uh, he plays with language much like Tarantino does in the – well, I mentioned it already in Glorious Bastards in the very beginning when he goes through all the different languages and um, oh. it's just – it's just they – oh my god. It was it was such a smart move to do it that right. way and I guarantee you there are a lot of people in the audience going, you know, what the fuck are they saying? What I want to know what they're right. saying. But right. the point is that you don't know what they say, that they're saying. Well, that's what's yeah, important dumbass. about it. Well, that's, dude. That's what but, makes it so good. Exactly, and he's pleading for his life, and the music comes in, and this guy's clearly affected by it. He leaves, and then the guy comes back with the ball gag. Dude, my heart dropped, dude. First time I saw that, I was like, oh, no. I was like, now he's fucking pissed, too. Yeah, well, just you think for a second, you think for a second it worked. And Jesus Christ, I actually, I know what he said when he was talking to him when Paxton was pleading, and I can't for the life of me remember what Uh, the fuck he said. I can't remember. Did but you say, I, I'm single and I have no kids, but my life's important too. <laughs> I'll suck your dick, man. Please no. don't. Um, <laughs> I'll suck your dick for a turtle scepter. This is Jerry Herring. Wait, you know, looking looking back on this, when when this creepy guy who tells anybody who will listen how he eats food with his hands. I am a meat eater. Yeah. And he, like, how odd is it that he told someone else the exact is like verbatim. Yeah. I feel like we lost relationship with food and blah, blah, blah. it's like, Oh my God, dude, get a life. So when he sits down in the, in the box train, the box car with him, isn't it really cool? Like a weird parallel to the second one where the guy walks over to the girl and she pours the drink on him and stuff. Right. And like, it's like he wanted to interact with this kid before. That's what it is, though. That's what he, when he's explaining that thing with he's like, I believe people have lost their relationship with food and he and he's eating it and he's touching it. That's literally saying I like to be close to my fucking prey like before I kill them. I, I like right. to I like to know this person. before. What his thighs feel like. Exactly. And that's what he's talking about. Yeah, he wasn't exactly. And okay. then he drills him right in the thigh. Did you guys ever for a moment? And we don't. We, he doesn't actually do it in the film, so we don't get any confirmation of it or anything. But I did have the, and it's interesting because they do it in the second film. But um, when he's eating his food and he's eating with his hands and he's talking about his relation, the relationship the with food, shaking. his hands are shaking. The first thing I thought of was Kuru, and I was like, God, is this? And it's just like, is that guy, I mean, I'm just wondering, is he a cannibal? Like, does he ever partake in the actual human meat of his Yeah, like prey? that one guy who was, like, cutting the guy, leg, like, part of his leg going up. And yeah, like... which, by the way, was Deodato, which yes. I didn't even recognize him. Brian pointed, Brian pointed that out to me. But he's the guy who, for people out there who aren't, he's the guy who made Cannibal Holocaust. Cannibal Holocaust! So that's, a, that's another 
um, beautiful oh. example of a cameo that Eli Roth has thrown in there. Yep. But anyway, that when you see, when I see someone talking about relationship with food, and then his, his hands are shaking, and of course he goes on to say that's why he couldn't be a doctor. So it's probably, it's right. not related, I'm sure. But initially. I was just, I was like, oh, is he a cannibal? And of course we don't, he doesn't, he, he's not, um, I assume, because he doesn't do it. But it's, um, it, when we, the first time I watched the movie, I was like, is that where we're going? And I love cannibal shit. So I was, I was excited about that, but it didn't go anywhere. But right now I'm in the middle of watching Ravenous. Oh, really, man? I love that. Oh, hell yeah. I love that movie. Yeah. I got like uh, 25 minutes left to go. And another fantastic film made by a woman. Oh, oh, I never said they couldn't make movies. Dude, I know, I know uh, you didn't. I'm just saying. <laughs> and I mean, I don't know anyone who actually has ever said those words, but I mean, it's just... A woman directed Wayne's World. That's how you know they could do anything. Okay, listen, <laughs> guys, the highest grossing uh, uh, woman directed movie of all time just dropped this weekend in Wonder Woman. Oh, Patty, yeah, man. Patty Jenkins, dude, just knocked it out of the park, dude. Uh, we know Jamie ain't related no more. Nope. <laughs> uh, oh my god! I never thought about that. Yeah, dude. Uh, yeah, but I, I know what you mean though with the um with the cannibal thing, Jamie. But uh, they call him the uh, the surgeon, and when uh, Paxton rolls up on him, and he's doing surgery on his dead body, I think that speaks to to him being a surgeon or wanting to be a surgeon and and fulfilling that fantasy or fulfilling that dream of his as oh, opposed to totally a does. cannibal. Right. Yeah. No. It. Oh. It totally does. I don't think he was a cannibal. I'm saying well, the first time oh, I yeah. watched the yeah. movie, when when he had that scene and he right. was like eating with his hands and his hands were shaking, I was like, "Ooh, are we going in that direction?" Because that's the first thing I thought of, but we didn't. So there's that. But I also incidentally, um, as we were talking about that, uh, I just remembered. God, I'm such a Jamie Jenkins. I do this shit all the time. I just remembered what Paxton was saying to the guy. What? Tell me. Basically, he was saying, and I don't remember word for word, but it was something like, um, it was like, if if you do this to me, I will I will be with you forever. Like I will oh, wow. I will live in your nightmares. Um, you will uh, every time you close my eyes. No, close my eyes. Every time you close your eyes, yeah. I'll be there. Basically, I'll haunt you. He's only gonna close his eyes once. So he's like, you know, exactly. <laughs> so he's like, you know, don't do this to me. You'll never get rid of me. I'll always be in your head. I'll always be in your nightmares. This will haunt you for the rest of your life. That yep. kind of thing. Uh, if he got a good look at that guy, he'd know that that guy has no nightmares or no conscience. <laughs> yeah, well, right? it almost worked, you know, and that's exactly why he had to ball gag him because it was actually working. I mean, he's which I do agree, Dan, that was one of my favorite scenes, too, is uh, there are a lot of favorite scenes I have in this movie. But that was a really good one when he like he just. You can tell it's affecting oh. him, and he walks off, and you're like, oh, okay. And then oh. he comes back with a fucking gag, and I'm like, oh, god oh, damn it. You know, no. like. <laughs> well, dude, exactly. And even scenes like this guy, and this is why I, I have not trouble with it, but I wanted to get your opinion on it. Okay, so right out the gate, though, um, so when he comes back and he starts that chainsaw, right, how much of a fucking awesome filmmaker is Roth when he just has a camera on the back of the seat there? You hear the chainsaw, and you just see his hands grab the back of the seat like holy fucking shit dude 
<laughs> that's that's one shot. Let, let's put it this way. This movie was made for four million dollars, right? The production value is probably what? What would you say? Like triple that because he left America for it? Like, think about that. Like Easily. his budget. Easily. Really? It's like twelve, Easily. right? Fifteen. I mean, it looks it is a beautiful yes. film. Yes. And he uses fucking color. I mean, like this is yeah. right on the cusp of when people started doing it, and it oh, became the green tint. Yes, Jesus Christ! Yeah. I mean, the later Ooh. Saw films, you yep. couldn't. I mean, I, it just makes me want to vomit looking at them because they're all just one goddamn color, and it makes I me hate like that. sick to my stomach. I know. But this film is right. loaded with color and shadow, and his use of light and shadow in the torture rooms. Yep. Fucking brilliant. I mean, whenever we get a shot of of Josh sitting in the chair and then like you see the lighting in the background and everything and then we cut over to the tools and then you cut back to him i just <laughs> i'm blown away and at that point when we're when we're watching josh with the businessman mm-hmm. uh, and he keeps cutting back and forth between the businessman and the tools and then josh right. in the chair oh. i turned to brian and i'm like jesus Christ. i mean and we weren't in, i don't even what is that halfway through the movie right. maybe right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yep. i turned to brian and i'm like you know i was like jesus christ this is a really fucking well-made film. Yes. It, it really is. And I, I mean, yeah. he just, damn, it, it's just I'm like, what the hell was I thinking not giving Roth the credit he deserved? And I know when I first saw this movie, I really liked it. I did. I never disliked this film, but I never gave it the credit that it really deserves until I've watched it a few more times and started picking out and specifically yeah. this most recent time and started really picking out. How and Alex, you nailed it when you said there was nothing wasted in this film. There's no. not one frame of this movie that is unnecessary, that's useless, that is, that is filler. I mean, this it moves. It move, and even though, oh. like you said, Dan, it was like a there's not, it's not scary in the beginning. None of that shit is wasted. It right. moves. It, it moves exactly filled. how it needs to move. Yeah, it's like saying Alien is wasted in the beginning. Right. Because, exactly. You know, it's like, no, it's the same shit. It's, <laughs> yeah, like, he's building He's building character. He's building environment. He's building the world. Let him work. Yes. You know. It and, will pay off, and it did. And oh my God, it did. Let's compare it now to the second one. It, these are made a year later, but clearly uh, it's very different. Like the lighting is completely different in the second movie. And I do believe they he started adding the green tint now. Um, in the, I, I do, because I remember looking around because I was thinking of it. Because in the opening scene when um, – what's his name? Uh, Ralph Macchio. When, when he's sitting there and he's having <laughs> the nightmares and stuff and all that, I'm like – Okay, so when he's when when he's showing flashbacks of what he lived through and stuff and how he killed these people or whatever, it is so dark compared to what I just got done watching because I saw him basically back to back. Like it's Alien vs Predator Requiem sort of dark, but not that bad. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, it's darkened. Like try watching uh both these movies back to back and you'll see it's way more blacked out too like it's the depth of darkness is way different and and it's also green watch it back to back and you'll see it's it's strange that he didn't try to make him look identically to each other you know well no i i know that he specifically went for a different look on this movie because i mean uh the second one because and if you do look at it the the color is taken out of it as the movie goes on as you get to the hostel you know as the dread builds and all that's when the green kicks in 
I don't know if it, if it's necessarily the green, but I'm sure that that now that you mentioned it, because I don't even think in terms like that. Like you thought you said it, and I'm like, oh yeah. So it probably does, but like like we said before, everything is so fucking specific in these movies that I wouldn't doubt if it was. I'd be surprised if it wasn't. I should say, but um, but yeah, dude. So uh, now are we gonna get right into the second one here, or are we gonna? I, I've been talking about like it's one big thing, honestly. See. That's another thing, too. What do you guys think about that? Part two, it's called Hostile Part Two. Literally the second half of, like, a movie, really. You know? Yeah. It's yeah. like, this is part I love one. It. I, love I love that, that he, so much. I love that he did it that way. I yeah. love that he perfectly melded the two. And yeah. then later, like, even, like, we start off the first. It's kind of like Friday 2. Right. Exactly. You, right. Right. Same thing. Right. you start off with getting rid of the final girl. Uh, or final guy in this case of the last film and then later on we actually see his head again which is which is a great moment you know i mean it i don't think it's a completely necessary moment and i don't think that that is um it almost is kind of like silly i guess uh, like oh how about when he's sitting in the chair with a cereal in front of him and he has no head like that is what it, it but again it don't bother me it's like but it, it's very peculiar, I'll, I'll say. It is. Right. I do like that scene when she walks in and sees his headless body sitting there. But there is something I noticed when I was watching the second film is the tone is very different from the first film in a lot of ways. It, not in every way, not in well, every respect, but it does have a lot more comedic moments, I dark think. Dark comedy, yeah. And yeah. see, that's the thing, too. That's what I loved about it, too, because in a world where we have Scream and all this meta stuff or whatever, like, he knows exactly what he's doing. What's the point in making the same movie? Like, if you're going to dive into this fucked up world of, of businessmen and you're going to get the, the, okay, we're following the girls now or whatever, why not? And, and it goes to even the end scene, guys. You know what I'm talking about, the very last scene. That mm-hmm. scene is so ridiculous. Oh, but like, God, yeah. But, okay, but it is, is, and that's exactly the scene that made me think that. When I was right. watching that very scene you're referring to, that's when I said to myself, wow, this movie is a completely has a – well, not a completely different, but it has a very different tone but, from right. the first one. You know what that reminded me of, though? is the end of Cabin Fever where they, they were like, all right, boys. And then they play that hick music at the end. Like, yeah. and, and that's such a throwback to so many fucking horror movies, the way that they, that, that he ended it, dude, that, like I said, okay, like Eli Roth or not like that ending or not. And even, even if you don't like that, that dark comedy aspect of it, I feel like it comes from a place where it's not just like, oh, I'm throwing it in for comedy's sake. Like, I think it's it's a very particular tone because he knows what this movie is. And knowing what your movie is, I feel like you can work within those parameters. And I think he does. I don't think he goes out of it. And yes, with Paxton's head and he's fucking the body sitting there eating the cereal like that's OK. That's that's fucking over the top. Right. But this movie, right. the second movie is over the top, dude. Right. Th- that next scene after Jordan Ladd, by the way. I love Jordan Ladd. Yeah, oh my god. Oh, she's so fucking beautiful, dude. Um, Oh, and by the way, I like that relationship, too, because in those few quick scenes, you get a lot of information that catches you up, like... Um, she, when are you going to tell Josh's mom? She still thinks he's her son's fucking backpack. <laughs> yeah, yeah he, he's out hanging out with Oli right now. Isn't that isn't that horrible? Oh, I mean, dude. think of the implications of that. How long has her son been dead, brutally murdered, and she doesn't have a clue? That is a horrible, horrible thought. She thinks he's just ignoring her. Because I mean, which means he hasn't gone to the police. Which means he, I mean. 
He, I mean, he just basically says, I'm not telling anyone. He's terrified. So he won't say anything. That is fucking scary. He's home. He is home in America, surrounded by people that he knows, and he won't say anything. Right. But there's a lot of... I, I was a little confused because that dream sequence, I'm not sure... You know how when you they do that, they're obviously showing you some reality and stuff? Yes. Yes. I, I'm not sure how what exactly happened like so are we to believe then that he he basically just when at the, at the end scene of the first movie he was on the train he just went home and that's it like we're not supposed to believe that he actually went to the doctor and anybody asked him anything he had to have gone to the doctor right i believe that and here here's this is total speculation i believe that scene actually did happen up until a certain point until you know they Right, right, but but they don't they don't really uh, get into that, which makes it very confusing as to well, wait a minute, did that really happen? And if that did, obviously he wouldn't have made it out alive. But and also, it's like, dude, you, you there's two missing people now, and they're your friends. You're on tape and places all, all over with them. You have two missing fingers, and we're not supposed to think anything went down with the three of you. Like you're a suspect of two missing people, dude, or you know something like that. Or like, like they said, they they have video of him in the train station, you know, and the guy dead and on the toilet, and his fingers are missing just like yours. Right. Right. Well, you're okay. You can go home. You know, like there's there's just a lot of missing parts that Eli Roth sort of did address, but it's almost like, yeah, I know you know that I know that you know that I know. Right. But and we're gonna mention it, but. Don't think too much about it. And now we're going to move on, you know? Well, well yeah. I mean, because yeah. in reality, it doesn't right. make sense. Right. To, I mean, right. as, as scared as you are, does it make any sense at all that you would come home to America and not say something? Right. Right. You know? Uh, yeah. I mean, well, yeah. especially if you're that frightened, that's when you want to get the authorities involved. Right. You know? Oh, I mean, yeah. he's like, well, they're, they've got their, he's like, they've got their fingers and everything. And that's, that's true. Cool. Right. It's just you'd you'd have to say something to someone. Someone would have to know. Someone's gonna fucking notice your hand is missing, like half your hand. I mean, it's just yeah. it's it's not very realistic. You're right, but at the same time, I also think you're right. And then he's like, "Yeah, don't think about this too much," because basically we're just getting him. Like Brian right. doesn't like the fact that Paxson is just kind of dismissed as quickly as he is. Like he that bothers him that he is. But to me, it's like I see it as like an Alice situation. You right. Um, well, dude, but why why did they have to why do you think we needed to see why couldn't we just start the movie off without him? It lets us know right away that this is a society who who closes loose ends. Yes. Like dude. they don't allow people to and it's the fucking mob. Okay, well then good. That it works, you're right. Okay. And it's it sets up the world too because like I said, right after they show his fucking head cut off, they show that guy on a motorcycle gripping down, and then you know with with the businessman and and the ho- and the bloodhounds, dude. Right- but dude, that's one lost opportunity. When that guy opens the box and you see the reflection of his sunglasses, I wish you saw this guy's face in the box. Oh, all, oh, all you see oh, yeah. is blackness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. Yeah, uh, that guy's a terrific actor, by the way, too. But or Gwyneth but, Paltrow's face. <laughs> I get it. Uh, what's in the box? Um, well, anyway, how do you guys feel that we went from the poor man's Ralph Macho to the poor man's Jessica Beale in, in one fell swoop? 
Who? You know who she is? Who? She's that she's that chick. She's the teenager. I mean, the teenager, the hitchhiker chick from the Texas Chainsaw of remake. She is, dude. Of course. And she blows her fucking head off, dude. Dude. OK. Yeah. What, what German you know what's dude? funny is dude. I didn't. It took me forever to figure that shit out because I recognized her voice and I yep. recognized her face, but because she had You're dark going hair, the wrong way. she had dark hair in this movie. I couldn't put it together, and I was like, "What the fuck do I know her from? Why does she remind me of somebody? Yep. I don't, I can't figure it out because she was Alex. blonde in the uh -huh. Texas Chainsaw thing." But I'm like, I know that voice and I know her features. What do I know her from? And I finally had to cave in and look it up, and I was like, "Son of a bitch," you know. <laughs> yeah. well, Alex, I don't think she's the poor man's anything, dude. I think she's the most <laughs> beautiful girl or poor woman. She is the most beautiful girl I've ever seen in my life, dude. And those eyes, dude, I've never seen oh, eyes. The tides. I'm oh. right here. Uh, <laughs> I know, right? Exactly, dude. So th th that's the thing, though. Like opening up the world, I think was was the main thing, and showing the minutia of how everything works uh, was was the point of this movie. And yeah, bypassing that, uh, bypassing certain aspects of how it actually went down, I get uh, like I can see why they did it. They kind of just wrote him off, but they needed that connective tissue because mainly, dude, he's the reason why they have a fucking huge fence there now helicopters the whole fucking thing has a redone I, this is dude this is shortly after the first one and it and the hostel itself the fucking sugar factory that they filmed in has a complete fucking upgrade and that was all because Paxton escaped right so they showed that a yeah like jimmy said they they fucking tie up loose ends they'll go they'll come get your ass in america and they even kind of explain that as to how they found them like she's like they're going to find us. We're at my grandmother's house. And she's like, you told your sister? He's like, what the fuck? You know, so you could even connect it like, oh, that's how they found him. Like, say they did uh, know where he was, um, you know, from the people, from the people, uh, you know, um, basically in the hospital there. Um, they, they knew of him. But if they didn't get him there, well, then they tracked him to the grandmother's house. So they clearly kept tabs on him to kill him at a certain time anyways. So that's that's how I connected in my head. That's how I do it. But uh, well, it I don't know. It be hard. They had his passport. They had his identification. They knew exactly who the fuck he was and he where he was from. He wasn't at home, though. He was with that chick at her grandma's. Well, I know, but if they, yeah, if right. you know where right. somebody's from and if you know oh. who somebody is and, 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 and if you're the mob, you can figure out who their girlfriend is and then you can figure out who her family is and you can get to her family and then you can get to them. I mean, it's just it is a it is a really terrifying thought, but it's just like uh, the same reason people are in witness protection and they can't you know, when you're in witness protection, you can't talk to anyone. And you right. can't tell anyone anything right. because they will – I mean they'll take the smallest kernel of knowledge and they will work on it. And when you've got the kind of resources and money that these people have, there are no closed doors. All right, right. I, yeah. I, I love that. I, I love the fact that we get the idea immediately that, yeah, they don't fuck around. We also get that idea later on when Todd pusses out and he can't finish the job. Uh, they can't let him go Todd. home because uh, – because part, I mean, part of the reason that they have this contract is in place is uh, clearly if you, if you, you commit a murder, right. then you are culpable. Right. You and so you're not going to say shit because right. you did it. But if you walk out of there without completing that task, then you can and you report them. You haven't done anything wrong, but they have. So they're going to force you to be culpable. Um, 
And so when Todd can't do it, they take they have no choice but to take his ass out to save their own to save their own asses. Right. You know, um, and I love that they are that fucking brutal, you know. Oh, yeah. Oh, they don't get it's all a business, too. And that's the thing, like even. um, okay, so let's go back, though, to the bidding scene. One of the greatest fucking things ever, because that's what that's like what like what I said was great about the first one. All these questions like how does this place actually work? You get a hint of it in the Rick Hoffman character in the first one. Right. And everybody when that movie came out said that's the best scene, dude. Rick Hoffman just with that monologue just going off. Dude, he's like, how'd you do it? Huh? How'd you do it? Was it quick? Was it fat? And like, I want to know about that guy. I want a whole movie about that guy. And well, it wasn't a whole movie about that guy. It basically was split it was, right down the middle. It was almost 50-50. 50-50, yeah. yep. And dude, like, and and I do have a problem with this movie uh, with, with, with Roger Bart's um, switch at the end. I, I don't really, I don't know. Yeah, don't how know. about the flip-flop with the both of them? Like, the one is obviously the whole point of it is one guy's way into it. He's all macho. He's like, you know, I can't wait to kill these motherfuckers. And then he couldn't go through with it. Then the other guy who's the reluctant guy who was dragged over there, who's not doesn't really want to be here, can't even get the tattoo, all of a sudden he's way into it, you know. And we're supposed to, what, think that it's like the quiet ones are the ones you should, you know, be afraid of or something. And uh, his bark is louder. Than the, like, they're, they're playing off of all these human characteristics that uh you know i don't know if eli roth did a psychological uh you know if he talked to site you know psychologists and said how how does this normally go down what are people really underneath what they portray um you know just things like that so i it's weird yeah it's very movie-ish that we got both things occurring in one movie at the same time right right and and but even even so like i still buy it but at the same time like the just his actions at the very end and how um and i know we're jumping around a lot here jesus christ um well what else there's nothing else to do just talk about whatever you want yeah. so so with, with with the end scene though even when um see this is another part that i liked okay so the the uh Richard Berge character when he's when he's fucking taking the thing and he's fucking with Bijou Phillips, dude. And 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 then the thing comes out, right? This is such a great scene. The thing comes out of the wall. He's like, oh shit, can you fucking believe that? So he gets another one with a longer cord. And then on the second one, he <laughs> looks he looks back to check if the cord's long enough and he fucking hits her in her face, dude. On <laughs> uh, clearly on accident. And then he realizes, oh my god, this is horrific, dude. Like, what am I doing? Like that because it's not how he planned it you know i think really what he wanted to do is be an alpha male is scare people you know i don't think he really actually wanted to fucking kill anyone he just wanted to feel that power and then once he realized that he did have it within him dude he was fucking horrified and that's why he left yeah. but with the with the uh roger bart character though it's different because it seems like yeah he's reluctant the whole movie like even when he says he's like he's like He's like sitting in the fucking chair, Stuart, while he's getting the tattoo. And then, you know, Stuart. Even, yeah, Stuart. Stuart and Todd, the dumbest names ever. And, uh, Dude, those are two big names on the Beavs and Butthead. Exactly. Oh, Todd, my God, you're right. cool guy, and Stuart, the loser with the winger shirt. Stuart, dude, oh, God, I forgot about that. I wonder if Eli Roth is a Beavs and Butthead fan. I'm sure he is, dude. And I know he's a Howard Stern fan. And uh, so... Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so even with that switch, dude, like, okay, yeah, like I, I could buy that he's like a psycho, he's the quiet one, he's reluctant, but he really does want to do this, like he is a fucking psychopath, oh, and by the way, 
um, when, okay, so going back, like, uh, even, like I said, the bidding scene, what did you guys think about that? Because that to me was like fucking literally like you call it torture porn. To me, that was porn seeing how this goes down, dude. And they're bidding dude. And all these people from around the world. I like how they threw a fucking older woman in there and she was on a horse and they, yeah, and they had a dad with his kid eating ice cream. They had, uh. And yeah, an old grandpa with his do- do- uh, granddaughter on a carousel. Yes, yeah, exactly. And uh, I love I, that scene I, yeah, personally. Yeah, yeah from the okay. first time I watched this film yep. in the theater, that was the one scene that I really, really loved. And then the rest of the movie, I was like, eh, more of the same. The first time I watched it. Now, do you now still- <laughs> I don't think that anymore. Oh, but I still you- do love that film. I mean, love that scene. Um, to me, it's just it's. Um, Oh man, it it just I think epitomizes everything that he's attempting to say as far as capitalism is concerned, as far as as the buying and selling of human flesh, or or the, the basically how uh, <laughs> um, all of those aspects that he's attempting to encapsulate. I think it that one scene does it right there better than a lot of things in the entire film because it's just like. You basically these people have the power, these people have the money and they are willing, to, I mean, and they can and will do anything they want. And what I love too, is that when we find out that Stuart <laughs> can't even afford this, his friend paid for right. him to do it. He already has his house mortgaged yes. so he can send his daughter to school. Right. So he is basically playing in this world that, which, which he can't afford to really live right. in. But it's that plays into the fact that he already feels emasculated. Like his issue is his his big issue is his wife. And, you know, he feels like he has no power and he is and he wants to take back this power that he doesn't think he has. And then when we find out this about his financial situation, we realize, no, he really doesn't have any power like he is. He just wants to live basically in a world that he doesn't belong in. And my wife? I can't kill my wife. Right? <laughs> yeah, right. Well, that's how they sell the whole the, the flip-flop. Well, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Although I do agree. I agree that it's a little bit too fast of a turn. Totally. But well, I also, remember that scene where he calls him in his house and his wife and, and the daughter, they just don't talk to him. They just leave as the school bus comes and he quietly yeah. goes over and picks up their, their plates after like the little bitch. Oh, yeah. Just, yeah. Uh, I mean, this, this, exactly. That's who the, that's his life in a nutshell right there. Yeah, but and then you, he's like, and then he says, "Oh no, 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 that's not a problem. I'll just tell her that I have to meet a client." I mean, right, right. and then he has issues right. with having to explain it. How am I going to explain a tattoo? I can't explain right. it. To, he has no control over anything in his life. He can't do anything. What he does you know? have control over, though, in in a callback to that scene, if you notice, he dresses Warren German, Warren German's character, up in the same suit that his wife's wearing in the in the in the scene. That same black suit. He dresses what a yeah. loser. Yeah. I know, dude, right? What a fucking faggot. So so that's what I love about so many things in this movie, dude. Uh, and these bo- both of these movies are so fucking purposeful, and they all just connect, and I love it. I'm sorry, go ahead, Alex. Favorite, my favorite scene in the movie is the Bathory, or my favorite kill in oh, the movie is the Bathory God. kill. Oh, I want to take a bath in blood so bad. I want to get I, to that, yeah. I absolutely yeah, but, love but, it. But uh, can we switch it with cum? And I'll, oh, never mind. 
<laughs> Even though that girl has always, since she's been on Roseanne, that girl has been so unfortunate looking. I feel so bad for her. Oh, she is so, she, she couldn't be anything but a loser dork. I mean, can she portray anything else in life? <laughs> That's, I'll never forget Jamie saying that about her. She's, uh, oh, she's unfortunate. Yeah, she she has the same kind of mouth going as that guy who explained everything in the first movie. Yeah, what, what yeah. <laughs> she looks like a caricature of a dorky girl. But dude, she okay. should get. She should do like a buddy comedy with Dog Chops McGrew. Dog Chops. <laughs> <laughs> a road trip movie like Thelma and Louise. Um, well, we we never got into two uh, like one aspect that I really wanted to like. You remember how when we just had. You know, uh, Jerry and Kenneth on the show, they said that when they watch movies, they want to put themselves in the situations of the characters. And, you know, like they did with, you know, Fire in the Sky and stuff and coming out of that big gross thing, the guy and all that. So how about could you guys and I'm sure we've all done it watching these movies. Could you imagine being handcuffed to this chair and just knowing like sitting there like, wow, I can't believe I lived my whole life, did everything I did, and it's all it all ends here. I cannot believe I'm going to get fucking filleted, sawed up, stabbed, drilled, burned. Well, actually, Alex, it's funny that you say that because uh, one of the members from Kill the Cast did put himself in the movie, dude. That was Kenneth who fucking took Lorna and fucking took her out in the boat ride. Is that not fucking <laughs> oh Kenneth's doppelgamer, God. dude? Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? The whole time he's lighting the candles for the Elizabeth Bathory scene. I'm like, it's fucking Kenneth. Oh, well, you and- know, that whole thing where she made the bad decision and that's all based on the first time she ever had a drink, I guess, right? Uh, well, she okay. So it's it's set up that she's on medication. Remember, she picks up her medication yeah. and on the train. So and the girl reads it. <laughs> yeah, she fucking reads it. I know you bitch, but um, but that's from so, uh, that's from Nightmare on Elm Street Part Three, where someone drops their medication, then you pick it up, and before you hand it to him, you have to read it. You have to fucking read it like a dick. Um, but that sets that up nicely, though. That that um, she, no, she doesn't drink for a reason, and then when she's at the uh the the festival, the fair thing there, she looks at the drink and she knows that she's like, oh, it's not alcoholic. By the way, Bijou Phillips, I just want to say you know she's fucking paris hilton's best friend and shit that chick comes yeah. from money dude she comes she's literally the lauren german character in real life right that chick can act dude she's a great little actress dude she doesn't have to fucking be an actress dude and and she's i think she's fucking great like i, I, I she, liked she was good and i like her in this you know i i like every dude as, as far as casting people though how could you possibly find that many creepy guys to be creepy guys in movie? Like that train was just loaded with the the ske- sleaziest, scummiest. Of Jamie, I am so sorry that you're a woman. And I know, dude. Right? I was going to say, home. just follow me around a shopping mall. And I you'll know, see, dude. You'll, right? you'll, uh, you'll run into about six or eight of them. <laughs> I don't know how you women deal with guys. Like literally watching this movie, I felt so sorry for women. I think I think I'm gonna be a, I'm gonna be a feminist activist or something. It's just <laughs> it's horrible what you have to go through. Yeah, you know, I, honestly, it's it's funny. Um, yeah. <laughs> someone a couple months ago, someone on Facebook made a comment about um, how 
I forget now what it was, but some it was some woman was complaining about a, a statement that a guy made, and I was just like, you know, as a as a woman, when you come into contact with stuff like that, you just kind of learn if you're if you're smart, you just kind of learn to if they're not physically bothering you, then you just let it go. You know, I mean, if someone puts their hands on me, obviously I'm going to have an issue with that. So, Jamie, but, that was actually me, dude, and I got pissed at it. It wasn't even her. I put oh, it on Oh, that was last. you. That was no, cause, that no, because, dude, I don't like I that I remember shit. that like, now. Listen, here's the thing. You come at girls at, at, in a fucking particular way and you're respectful, dude. You'll get there. Don't worry. Just be no, yourself. It's true. Like, it's exactly, true, right? but I'm just saying, yeah, I'm, not, I agree. I'm just I saying, agree. I don't, I don't waste my time being upset right. or bothered by it you just move on right. you know because we the, the i can't tell you how many times you you run into a thing where like a guy will stop and talk to you and he's like hey baby you want to ride or i'm going your way or hey, you know whatever and <laughs> then you're you know like no thank you and then, you know, you're not being a, you're not being a bitch you're just saying like right. oh no thank you or no thanks i'm not interested or no i've got you know whatever but you're nice about it, and then immediately, immediately they'll turn on you, and they're like, right. well, yeah, you fuck, like, bitch. fuck you, bitch, you're ugly anyway. And I'm like, and that's well, what happened, right. Yeah. Like, really, I'm so ugly, you wanted to right. you, you wanted to be with me a few minutes ago, what the hell happened to that? Right. Um, and right. then you just kind of have to laugh at them, because you realize they're fucking pathetic. And you know what, and Jimmy, you are <laughs> that's right. That's all there you is to right. it. Yeah, and, but that just comes from my frustration, where I'm like, are you guys that fucking pathetic? Oh, I and, and because- like, and I, but I see your point of view. That's where I got to eventually with that, but that doesn't take away my frustration at the moment, where I'm like, these fucking guys do, because she sent me a few. I understand tips. your like, frustration, because it yeah. makes, you, you feel like what? it makes guys look bad. Yeah. And, and the thing is, smart women, we realize not all guys are like that. The, that the the ones who are like that are the pathetic, and they are in the minority. Because to be perfectly honest, the majority of men that I've had dealings with in all of my years have mostly been respectful and kind. Yeah, it's just the occasional douchebag that you run across. And when I said six or eight, I mean that was obviously obviously exaggerating. You know, they're really it's most guys that I've come in contact with have been decent guys. Yeah, but and, really. Do you know yeah. how hard it is though to fucking get a girl to drink a roofie culotta these days? It's fucking really impossible, <laughs> dude. It yeah, dude, so I, I stay with the chloroform myself. It's just way easier to walk up from behind them. But listen, between the nerd girl and all these guys, this movie is chock full of teeth, man. Did you guys oh, notice my goodness. that? I said, I said about a couple of different people. I was like, wow, they've got some teeth. Um, <laughs> Fucking chomping. How about the guy that was trying, the guy in the sweater, the, the, the Bill Cosby sweater dude that was trying to help, um, that was trying to help oh, uh, yes. Beth. It's and I'm, I was like, woo, he's got some teeth. Yeah. You know? <laughs> he's unfortunate as well. <laughs> Yeah, all these teeth. I, I, I had to go upstairs and brush when I was watching. <laughs> oh, hey, what did you guys think about the uh, the other chick, the the chick that Ward? Because okay, they did the they did the whole male female switch, right? So, what do you do uh, as opposed to trying to get guys to you know, okay, yeah, come fuck us girls? What do you do with girls? Like, hey, uh, let's get away from the guys and go on a spa weekend. Like, Jamie, would that be enticing to a female? Like, to me, that's probably like. The, the thing that you want to hear, right? Like, because, oh, and by the uh, way, yeah. I love it. Yeah, is, the, is one? 
I'm sorry. Yeah, in the first one, they go, uh, they were like, well, and because uh, when Alex uh, is talking to him, he's like, he's like <laughs> there has a, he's like, because of the war, there are no guys there. And then the second one, she goes, no, nah, there hasn't been a war there in 50 years. Like, they, <laughs> they're both kind of wrong. It's like not exactly that. But you say whatever you need to say to get people to go where you want them to go. That's, you know, and with the first guys, it's so much pussy. And with, <laughs> and yeah, with, with girls, it's, with yeah. girls, it's no guys at all you know or no you know it's um and yeah uh, that is that is exactly the right approach to right. take and, and when you're dealing with women because a uh, thing is you may be because the not beth not lorna the bijou phillips character i can't remember her name well, whitney um, whitney yeah whitney is clearly like she's a goer you know what right. i mean like she's she is she is on the prowl but <laughs> she goes, um, all right, good night. No, <laughs> typically if women typically if women are out and about and doing things together or whatever, they don't want to be hassled. They don't want to be bothered. You know, they may want to do things on their own terms, but they don't want to be salivated over, you know, and yeah. pawed at. So if you can like basically, quote, rescue uh, them from a situation in which that is the case and then take them somewhere where it's like, oh, you can just relax and you can enjoy yourself. It's a beautiful place. And, you know, yeah, that's going to be fucking enticing, you know. And so that's exactly the way to go with that. What are the odds that the guy who grabbed the flyer at the front desk, she said, OK, I, yeah, we're definitely going to go to this rave or whatever like that, that he ha they happen to reconnect. When they the gods of this place, there had to be five hundred people there, and she found that guy, and like that guy's so hot that he's worth tracking down once you get to this place. Like that is crazy. She does say though, let's put it this way: it is a small town that they're in, and uh, Lauren German actually even says that to uh, Roger Byers. She was like, "It's a small village. I'm sure we'll run into each other." So that fair, I'm sure, is right in that little town. It was filmed in Chesky Krimlov, this little town. Um, that's but well, how about I when you actually get to the bellboy, though? Tell me that when you saw him, he's like, hi, welcome. You're like, oh, fuck, man. They just keep doing this to people. Like, this is, <laughs> this is crazy. Again? Like, holy shit, this guy. Yeah. How awesome is it when you're talking about Stanislav or Morislav or somebody Slav, whatever his name uh, was, the, uh, the, the guy with the flyer? Uh, Harry Potter. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, that's why I know him. Yes, remember him? Yep. All right. Um, he, um, oh, how amazing is it the way that he's portrayed in this film from the moment where they're like, uh, I don't know, I don't know, we're not going to go the thing, we're not going to go, and then here he magically comes, picks up the flyer, and then she's like, oh, we're totally going. Okay, that moment. Then they reconnect at the thing. Then you see them together. Then he's trying to lay her, and the girl rescues her from having sex with him. Then you see them together at the spa, and they're clearly going to have sex that time. Right. You are led to believe yep. from the moment he enters the screen that he that he is placed there, that he is working for them. And then Dado eats him. <laughs> and then the moment, yes, the moment when the, when the door is opened and Deodato is revealed as being this cannibal, and he's the guy on the table, that right. is fucking brilliant. Right? Yeah. Because there is nothing up to that. Because up to that point, you have every reason to suspect that he that he is in on the whole thing, and then you realize, oh shit, you know he's a victim too. Right. I love that because it's so it's so subtly right. yet really well done. 
And he doesn't like, they don't like point a neon sign at his face and go, you know, guy from earlier, guy from earlier, guy. Like, you know, it just, it doesn't happen, but you know it. And uh, I just, I love that. I mean, that again, it's another example. Yes. An amazing decision. Attention to detail. Right. Um, Thoughtful filmmaking. I, um, I just, I'm, I'm crazy about it. Crazy about it. Yeah. Eli Roth was in his height here, man. Oh, dude, exactly. And the, even that scene where he, like, she's trying to get laid, like I said, she's like, bye. And he's like, come on, I'll take care of her. He's like, I know you will, but not tonight. Oh. And then shit like that. Like, in, if anybody knows when you're trying to get laid in a situation like that, that's usually anything worth fucking, you know, chasing after. It usually takes about that. Like, you know, if you get laid on the first night, it's like, okay, that wasn't that hard at all. And you put a person in a particular category whore but other than that like you have to work for it a little bit so the fact that he was at the spa the next day i thought was great dude because yeah they reconnect with him and and you did think he was in on it but what did you guys think though about those hot springs dude that that was filmed in iceland dude uh, those are real fucking hot springs dude those things are fucking ridiculously awesome what did you guys think of that that scene at the spa i think we should all uh meet together and go there did you know it's not, dude? Iceland is not a long trip at all. It's like right there. It's it's okay, very. Let's go. Yeah, let's do it. Let's I do. I have it. like three hundred bucks for a plane ticket. I bet, I want to just go to Monster Mania instead. Can we do that? No. <laughs> Man, it just the whole thing looks so peaceful and relaxing. Yes. You know, and that scene where she's kind of leaning up against the side. Right. Right. And um, kisses her. Yes, and she that comes chick up is and so she, hot too. By the way, doesn't that, she kind of look like Wonder Woman, Gal Gadot, a little bit? Kind of. Yeah. Actually, yes, she does. I remember I, that that actually she definitely does because that scene. Because not, I don't think she does necessarily when her hair is dry and she's all dressed. But the right. scene where she was wearing the bikini and her hair is right. wet, and she right. comes walking up to her from behind her. I actually for a moment was like, "What? Who?" Because uh, I didn't realize it was the same woman. Because just woman. you know, um, but then that scene is so i love the way that scene plays out because it's very quiet it's very sensual you know it's not like overly sexualized right. or anything like that no. i mean she just she just gently just gently places a kiss on her shoulder and there's nothing like uh, like and i, I busted a nut like so. there's nothing disgusting about it. there's nothing like you know no. um like i don't know what i'm trying to say it's against god jamie it is disgusting no. Leviticus eighteen seventeen says you should not lay with another man. There's what I mean is there's nothing like, you know, gratuitous gratuitously no. overtly sexual about it. It's just uh it's a very quiet Hey listen, it can't be perfect. And I like that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and we haven't mentioned this yet. I think I mentioned it briefly, but we, we'll get into um, even when they're talking at the fair and she's like, this sword is X amount of money. And she's like, uh, oh, she can afford it. She's like, yeah. She's like, when her mom died, she got a lot of money. And she goes, her dad's basically on the allowance now. Dude, there's nothing more intriguing in a movie that to set up all of this stuff and then to speak on the uh, uh, on, you know, the 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 dollar rules thing, like Jamie said earlier. Um, to have her rich, first of all, we all know people, I know Alex specifically, you know, people that got money that don't show it. 
that don't like they, they have so much fucking money, dude, but you would never know it. And she's one of those people. And I always like that aspect to this movie where, yes, it comes into play. Yes. But I love the fact that, like, she's so subtle about it. Like, she doesn't fucking flaunt it by any means. Like, think about it. If you were young and you had money like that and you weren't a complete fuck up like I would be, I'd probably spend it all on fucking Coke or uh, something. It would be gone already. Yeah. And, be, and you would be up. dead. You'd have been dead from an overdose. Yeah. Uh, uh, thanks, Alex. Uh, so <laughs> with, with, with yeah. a good a girl like this though it's like uh, that's what i'd be doing they go and they fucking take an art class you know in paris and you know they're kind of fucking around and yeah jamie's jealous she wasn't in that class i know that big fucking hog jesus christ dude dude. he had an uncircumcised dick dude that is so fucking gross guys (laughs) cut that shit off (laughs) like what are you you an anteater i don't think they (laughs) i don't think they have a say in it do they i mean by the time can't you get a circumcision later on or no you can, but uh, but it's uh, he goes cut from what shit. I understand. You, you don't want to. I mean, it's. I oh, think it's like pretty. Hell. I think it's pretty oh. traumatizing at, at a later age. Well, hey, Alex, uh, because that guy didn't get circumcised. Uh, fucking Roger Bart did later on in the movie. Oh yeah. Oh, <clears throat> wait, real quick. I'm sorry, I got flashes when you guys were talking about you know the sp- the hot springs on Iceland. Yes. Yeah, I just for some reason kept uh, my mind in that scene. Like later on, you know, she hangs out with the model chick in her house. Jamie definitely hit the nail on the head. Like this second movie, it's different in in the sense that like it's a little less realistic in, in that way, and and it's a little over the top and stuff. And one of the main like, oh my god, we're watching a movie. There's no way this would ever really take place. Is when she looks on top of the girl's fireplace mantle and sees her in framed pictures with the two fucking girls from the first movie yeah. and the fucking guy who stole the iPod on the train. Right, right. Oh, my God. It is that guy, too. You... Yeah, like, why would that ever why? How could yeah. he possibly be on that in that picture? Like, there are oh. some things about this film that are a little clumsier than the first one. Totally. One of them being honestly the the what you mentioned a couple minutes ago, Dan, with that um that the whole drop about her being, you know, so rich. Right. That I like the fact that she was, and I like the fact I like how it ended and all of that. But I do think the way we found out about it was a little bombing, like a little ex expo- exposition bombing. Yeah. You know, and then Brian actually when when she said that, when she made that statement, Brian was like <laughs> and it's it's yeah that is a that is basically a clunky delivery of information we need i think i would have preferred it if there was a if there was a subtler uh way of kind of letting us in on the fact that she was rich but you know rather than just like yeah yeah, but she's got a shit tons of money dude i mean you know (laughs) i do like that though because when she's talking to him she's basically like fuck you she's like all i need is a routing number and blah 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 and i was like oh that's fucking hot dude honestly i would have preferred it if the initial scene was taken out of the film and that conversation and we didn't know that Oh, I think yeah. it would have been really cool if we had just if if we didn't we weren't expecting that at all. And then at the end, when she was like, "I can buy and sell every one of you motherfuckers," I would have been like, "Oh, damn, okay." You know, I, I, um, I don't know. I kind of like knowing, like, some 
something about me knowing it and it, it being recalled in my mind when she says that. I'm like, oh, yeah, shit, she does have money. Like, I kind of like that. But I think, yeah, they still could have done it better. In, in a lot of situations, it's important to establish things so that you're not just pulling them out of your ass, you know. And I, and I, I agree with that. But, um, okay. I, yeah, because it, it would be like, oh, wow, that's weird. It, you know, you, you, no, you know what that's like? I'm glad you said that. It's actually like Friday the 13th Part 1. Like, a lot of people complain that, that we're looking for red herrings all over this movie, and all of a sudden you pull Betsy Palmer out of nowhere. Right. It's like, oh, right. okay. Right. And, and that would be like this. Like, she's going through all this. Oh, oh, so she's rich, so that's, that's it? Oh, okay. Well, I didn't know that. Like, what, what the hell was that? Like, you just pull that out, and we're supposed to be satisfied with that? Like, it's cool. It's not like it's unbelievable considering, you know, she's in Europe. She's doing whatever she wants. She's I, I, I would. OK, I'll put it this way. I would have preferred more subtle indications that right, she I was do. rich rather than someone just coming out right and saying the words. She's got a shit ton of money, which I mean, she, oh, yeah, okay, I that wasn't that wasn't the dialogue, obviously, they, but that was what it boiled down to. So if we had just seen her rather than having someone say it, if we had just seen her doing things, that would have been sufficient. See, I disagree. Show don't tell. Show don't tell. I I, I disagree with that because I think that that last scene is so tense and it's such a fucking dialogue back and forth. Like, you know, I have money. And then for everything, the tables turn so quickly, especially right after he just fucking killed her best friend. And he did it in such a shitbag way. Like, oh, that's another thing about the minutia. I love how she got fucked up. And then they bring it around to the people and they're like, we got a special deal for you. That's like, fantastic. I loved that. Two love for it. Tuesday, guys. Wait, right? Yeah, she's basically, I, I, I compared her to a dented can. Right. Yeah. She's a scratch and dent sale. That's nice. exactly. She's a floor model. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> so. Floor model. So when they when they do that and then they they don't even show her death by the way he just clubs her over the head with something um off, you know camera off screen right like they don't even show it which I thought was was okay or whatever they should have showed her fucking head caved in like the guy in the first movie but anyways. Um, how he does it, and then he shows her the fucking picture and all that, like he's taunting her, like, that's where I didn't get the switch, like, dude, you were being so nice to this girl, and now you're being such a shitbag, like, what did this girl ever do to you, but that does set up when when everybody comes in, and, oh, and by the way, the set design in this movie, uh, Rob Wilson King, by the way, if anybody doesn't know, this guy is a fucking set designer on pretty much anything you've ever heard that's worth fucking watching, and it says, that's a fucking awesome set uh you know he's on breaking bad he's on he, he does everything he does he's like the man um he does a set design and in this room if you notice it's very different from the the first rooms in in the hostel movies but um it's got like a key uh code system for the door right or or 12 12 12 12 yeah that's exactly like it's her birthday right i think that's what it's my birthday you sick fuck is it yeah exactly right but they also have a ladder on the side which comes into play because she drops she gets the drop on them like i love that like subtle little things like what's that i was wondering i'm like where are they where they be a ladder in there that's kind of weird but then it comes into play perfectly right but when that all that shit goes down dude to me I loved that ending because, yeah, it was the whole, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, the the dollar rules type of thing. Yes. 
but it's also such a clever way to have it all culminate at the end because you could, dude, you could have ended this movie many different ways, right? And I'm so glad that they chose the way that they a did. Call back, yeah. And dude, what, dude, think, how about all? There's a lot of callbacks actually in this. It's movie. all it is, it's, right? It's not bad, but yeah, it's all like, oh, you call her a cunt and she'll flip out on you. So if he calls her a cunt, she'll cut your dick off. And yeah. It it's it is it is what it is. it's not a bad thing, but that's not a good word to use. That's like the worst word you could ever use. Yeah, Sorry, but you I know, don't. It's... Yeah, I don't really understand that. Yep. I love. I personally love that word. <laughs> I use it all the time. That's why you're on this show, Jamie. <laughs> I use it all the time, and I mean, like you know, like I people come in, people come into work, and then you you're bitchy to me like you fucking cunt. I mean, I just don't be a cunt. You know, I. <laughs> I um I just don't understand why I mean what kills me is how people have such an attachment to that word for some reason yet you know you can same people you could call them a bitch and they won't care. Jamie, and, you know why? I can tell you. Why? I, I there are just trigger words in the world. Yeah. It doesn't matter what it is. And that happens to be hers like I want to fucking kill people. One t- one thing that infuriates me where I, I go from like zero to 60 and I could literally like smash someone's face in is when they tell me, uh, I think you're overthinking it. Oh, like I just, I, I see red when someone says, Oh, you're overthinking it, dude. Jesus. Have I ever said that to you? I say that to you all the time. My bad, Alex. <laughs> you do? <laughs> no, 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 I don't. I'm oh. just kidding. I think I have said that, like, when you were talking, when you, but, but it's been in reference to, like, when, and I know I have, actually, when you were, when you're talking about, um. Oh, worrying about the show being messed up in some yeah, part. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Oh, like, right, 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 we, right. When we finish recording, you're going to be like, oh, I don't know. And then, uh, and I'm like, no, it's great. And like, no, don't worry about it. You're overthinking it. You know? So do you uh, want to punch yeah. me in the face every time I say Uh, yeah. Hey, when are we going to meet up? Do we already schedule a date? <laughs> so I can know when to punch you in the face. Uh, no, uh, like literally, for example, before I got this job, I have, you know, the, the linemen and stuff for the power company. We had to go through this extensive thing where we had to like climb, you know, 60 foot poles and ninja warrior co- shit. Yeah. Cross arms and do crazy shit. Yeah. So, so, uh, one of the guys I was going to go to it with, he was like, uh, you know, he, he comes over and we're talking, wow, man. So 30 people are trying out and they're only taking six. He goes, yeah, man. I was like, man. So, yeah, dude. I've been, uh, I've been, I've been practicing, and uh, I've been going to the gym and doing certain like leg workouts just so I could, you know, because they're gonna yeah. make you go up and down five times in the morning, five times in the afternoon, and build all day on this thing. So, I was like, yeah. Are are you going to the gym or are you, are you practicing? Did you get, uh, you know, climbing gear so you could practice, uh, you know, after work and stuff? And he was like. Nah, man, dude, I ain't trying to overthink it, dude. I'm just going to go there and, and do my thing, man, and this and that. And I was like, huh. <laughs> so I, I just told you everything I'm doing, and then I asked you if you're doing the same, and you basically said, no, you're not going to overthink it because that's clearly what I'm doing, right? Clearly. Okay. I'm a lineman. <laughs> Bitch. <laughs> he isn't. You fucking cunt. Thank you. Good night. Hot sauce. <laughs> put some hot sauce on my burrito, baby. Well, you know, you God forbid you should actually put some effort and hard work into something you want to achieve. 
Yeah, you would think that that would be the way to go. But no, Jamie, that's like a loser overthink. If you think telling Alex Edwards that he's <laughs> overthinking something in a negative condemnation, you clearly don't know Alex at all. <laughs> Most people who say that to me, I realize they really don't they know. They don't me. know you. Right. They don't know who they're fucking with. They don't know they got a mad genius on their hands. Bitch. I'm like, yeah, you just don't get it. Okay. Never mind. I'm not going to talk oh, about yeah. it. Oh, yeah. And by the way, fucking one of my favorite movies is Pumping Iron. Watch this bitch. And he cl- and he scales that bitch like Spider-Man. <laughs> Wait, I'm going to overthink something right now, but in a good way. About this movie. I'll, I'll get back to this movie. Unless you want to hear more about my career. <laughs> not really. No? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, as as I'm watching this and I'm seeing what they're doing to people... You know, the guy getting eaten, the girl getting filleted in the bloodbath, and everything we saw in part one, and the girl with the blowtorch to her eye, and, you know, his friends, the guy, I'm going to practice being a surgeon on him, all that stuff. It just makes me wonder, like, who the fuck are we, or what are we? Are we just, like, thoughts, ideas, skills, purposes for other people's lives, are we just a bunch of memories walking around? Like, and and if if memories are so precious, just like lives are supposed to be, and all that type of shit, if we don't even recall half the shit we did in our life, does anything even mean anything? And it's like, I just feel like we make every decision and all this effort, and what the fuck does it all matter? It It all just seems meaningless. And I guess you could kind of relate this to just you could just say dying in general but when you're doing it in a certain way and it's another human doing it and he's paying to do it just for that experience it kind of makes you feel like even less of a important being i think you're overthinking it alex (laughs) (laughs) i honestly uh i have those thoughts all the time and it's um i i think you're exactly right when you when you or in this context, but I, I, even when like say a natural disaster comes through and, you know, 6,000 people get killed in an earthquake or whatever, I think, Jesus, you know, those people yesterday had plans for today and part of their plans for today were not to die in an earthquake. That was, you know, that, that was not on the list. I'm sure it was listening to the skeleton crew. And uh, well, of course, um, they, they got some of them. And then it's like you just start thinking when, <laughs> when people die, particularly in mass numbers or or in a situation like this where, OK, like the kid at the end. Right. Um, I'm like, God, wow. I mean, when you really break it down, human life means nothing. Right. It means right. nothing. And it is it's sobering. Um, I and when you were talking, when you asked Alex earlier about putting um, putting ourselves in the in the characters' places, every single situation in this film in particular, I did that. When Lorna was hanging on the was hanging upside down, oh, yeah. I was just thinking, God, what must be going through her mind? You know, I mean, she she has no idea what's about to happen, but she knows it's not good. Right. You know, she's probably thinking, I should have listened to Beth. Right. You know, I, I shouldn't have went with she, Kenneth. She told me not to go. <laughs> I went anyway. Wow, look where I am now. I fucked up. Like all these thoughts are going through her mind, and I was that those were going through my mind, and I felt right. bad for her, and I felt like what, 
what horrible, how horrible would it be to be in that situation when we are then with Whitney and she is in the situation she's in, like what first when she bites the nose off the, the hairdresser. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And then, you know, she's in the chair and she's got this dude in front of her and, and she's all like whored up. Like he's got all the, the all the makeup and everything on her. And it's, and like all these thought and, oh, and when first, when the guy's like, I'll make you look pretty for the client, you know, and like what, what client, what the fuck is going right. like, she has no idea what's happening. And you know, what's actually initially going through her mind is that she's like, it's been sold into sex slavery or something right, like right, that. You know, right. she doesn't, she can't possibly fathom exactly what how horrible it's going to be you know i mean she's got you know that that's what's on the forefront of her mind is that like she's being human trafficked um but um she can't possibly imagine the horrors that are really in store for herself and it's just those are really terrifying moments for those girls and the realization that you are never going to get out of it you're never going home you're never going to see your loved ones again. Yep. You will never do anything else outside the next few minutes or a few hours or however long you have. And you don't know how is horrifying. Well, and Jamie, I'm glad you said that because, you know, <clears throat> getting to the real core of these movies, dude. Um, so this came out, Hostel One came out in 2005, I believe, right? So Nope. Six and seven. Six and seven. I'm sorry. Okay. So 2006, um, I, I, you know, I was clearly like into my horror movie shit, but I, I've said this so many times before, but these movies do really struck a chord with me because they seem so real. Like this is plausible. And, and really when it gets down to it, like how fucking evil humans can really be like, this isn't the thing. This isn't alien, dude. This is just fucking people. Like this is us, dude. And for some reason, dude, like not that I really think that, Oh yeah. Like around every corner, fucking the, the, the bloodhound fucking gang or whatever the fuck they call themselves. Elite hunting uh, is around the corner, but, but at the same time, like, look at the shit that goes on in this fucking world, dude. It's fucked up, dude. And we watch horror movies, too, as escapism, yes. But, God, is this fucking commentary on, on human life or or lack of respect for human life, like, so apparent in these movies, dude? And to me, that just, like grosses me out it creeps me out and then you put it in in these horror movies where Eli Roth loves and you know he adds that like we said that those horror movie elements to it like clearly this guy's fucking knows movies loves horror movies adds in that that social commentary aspect dude I'm sorry, but he's doing so much shit here that so many movies that we talk about don't even attempt to try. And here he is knocking it out of the fucking park. This guy worked on fucking sets for for his whole life, dude, working under fucking, you know, so many different directors and learning stuff and whatever. So by the time he got behind the fucking camera for, I mean, yeah, Cabin Fever, it's his first movie. You can tell it's his first movie. I still love it. But by the time you got to Hall, and we talked about the production value being fucking a lot more than it would be in America. And by the way, this is the reason why um, uh, Eli Roth basically got driven out by the fucking unions, uh, by Cabin Fever, dude. The unions came in and shut him down and they were like, fuck you, pay us. You need to pay overtime, uh, our health insurance. And like he got he got like $10,000 from his Aunt Gladys to make that movie, like all of like people's personal money. He was so fucking pissed off 
off with that, that he was like, fuck it, I'm moving out of the country to do my next movie. And it was probably his best move because it just happened to interact with the story or it just happened to correlate with the story that he wrote. Yeah, it made it authentic. It made it so – exactly, dude. And it's almost like so good. Oh, and that's another thing too. That's how he fucking sold this to investors and shit like that. He had many different investors. Dude, this is why I think of you, Alex. Dude, this motherfucker with his own – Money, dude. Flew to fucking Prague, dude. Flew to Europe and fucking went to all these places, dude. Took pictures, storyboarded this movie basically to show the investors. You know how you can explain it to? I don't know how pitches really generally go. This guy came in and says, This is where we're shooting. This is the exterior to the hostel. This is the interior. This is the mental institution, blah, blah, blah. And he basically just fucking fudged it and said, we're making this movie. And then everybody fucking went along the ride, like, fake it till you make it, man. Even if you don't 100% believe in yourself that you're going to do it, just fucking keep saying you're going to do it and people will follow you. And look at how something like that turns out. This guy's a horror fucking fan dude first and foremost this guy's a crazy fan he gets to make his own movies and to me dude this is why I and this is why it's in my top 10 dude this movie fucking says so much and it's so beautiful to look at and it's got so many good actors dude with the Dutch businessman, with every fucking actor in it, if you look on IMDb, these are like the top guy. These are like the top actors in fucking in, in over there, dude. Like they're like all fucking well trained actors. The first and the second one, dude. It's so ridiculously fucking littered with greatness, dude. That I cannot see anybody looking at these movies and just saying, ah, yeah, hostile, they have the torture porn movies or whatever. Whether you like it or not, you. You have to fucking respect these movies. Rant over. Wow, you said so much. I think I'm gonna go back to what you said seven minutes ago. Okay. <laughs> I don't remember. Um, Want to remember? <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> no, no, no. Tell me. Uh, no, one thing you made me think of, uh, and it was sort of ties into what Jamie said. I know everything you said. You're right, by the way. Uh, actually, sometimes you are so you crystallize an idea so well that there was really nowhere to go with it. And that is like the epitome of that. Dude, I've been waiting years to fucking cover these movies. <laughs> in the aspect of, of like how uh, we talked about human life and all this type of stuff too, with like what Eli Roth is saying in these movies, what do you think of the choice? I mean, it's obviously the right choice because it's more horrifying to that it could be any of us. So obviously... If this place were to exist, do you think – I'm trying to say, would, would the point of view of it all change if instead of just getting regular people, they brought in like like people paid to kill rapists or child molesters or murderers? Like wouldn't a normal person – wouldn't they rather pay to do that? Like isn't it even like, like say – how even more sick they are in the head that they want to just kill regular people who have done nothing. Right. Like, isn't that like a strange aspect to not bring into it? Like I said, it makes it more terrifying and stuff. And it's just crazy because now it's, it could be all of us. So obviously that works for this movie, but you would imagine if places like this existed, Mm -hmm. that the guys would request low life. Unless you're Dexter, if you're willing to go to these links just to just to experience what it's like to take another human life, are you really going to have that much of a moral compass? Right. Like, are you I really just gonna... heard the Dexter theme, by the way, Jamie, as soon as are you, you really... said that. <laughs> are you really 
think it, I don't I don't know. I mean, are these and I'm and I'm not I'm just I mean, do you do you think that people who are willing to do this are going to care if somebody is a rapist or a murderer? I don't know. Yeah, because I, I could say that I would be down with doing this if the people were were child molesters. Yeah, sure. Like, I I definitely kill a couple. OK, well, yeah, normal people, I think, would be more willing to do it if there was, you know, because we're but we uh, we have this whole uh, human vengeance thing that right. like, within us and and we justice we we seek justice and if we find out that say someone has been murdering children or someone's been molesting children or whatever anytime a story like that comes up the first thing somebody says is if that was my kid i'd fucking kill him you know exactly. or if i walked or the guy needs to be castrated the guy needs to be hung the guy needs to be right. burned alive or whatever i mean these are normal human responses to seeing other people being hurt um See, now you're getting it so um, we – but we are normal people. These people aren't normal people. They just want to do this right. anyway. Well, well that, that's what I'm saying. Well, hey, but OK. The real question is though, if, if it were that position, guys, I got a question for you. Now, Alex, you said being in the position of the victim. Now, if you were in the position of uh, killing someone, if you could do it, how would you do it? How would you fucking kill? Like, if it was a rapist murderer, worst of the worst, right? How would you do it? I'd go right for his dick, and I would, would uh... Castrate him? I would either... I'd probably skin his dick alive, <laughs> or uh, I would definitely, like, gas it and set it on fire while he's just sitting there, and he could smell it cooking. And then I would actually cut <laughs> it off and then shove it down his throat and pinch his nose and make him eat it. Right. How about you, Jamie? After okay, how how are you gonna follow that one? <laughs> uh, Jesus Christ, Alex. <laughs> I don't. I, uh... <laughs> dude, dude. I don't. I don't know. I mean, um... I would shove a hot pipe up his ass too. <laughs> if he put it in the kid's ass. Would you warm it with a blowtorch and just make him watch you fucking warm it up first? Yeah. Wow. Hey, let's do it, man. Let's to be honest, it. the only time I ever have thoughts of of um, retaliation against someone's cruelty is when it's animal cruelty. And, oh, God. Person and, and killed dead, dead honest. Dead honest. Like whenever I see like a, a horrible story of someone like setting a cat on fire or something like that. And then I want to just basically do exactly to them what they it did. It smells like fried pussycat. What they did to <laughs> said animal. You know, right. when it comes to like child molesters and stuff like that, I don't I don't ever have violent thoughts. It's more yeah. like get them the fuck away from society or whatever. But I, I, I and took it, the cats, lit them on fire and lighter food and then threw them out a window. Then I would take the guy and cover him in lighter fluid and light him on fire and throw yes. him in the Wait, Jamie, you, you didn't I mean, get my Cousin Eddie reference. Uh, no, I got it. I got it. I'm sorry. I was just in the middle of a, You're I a deep thought. I know. Thought, but I did. Well, like I thought you would have went, oh, yeah. I'd like to fumigate this chair. Give me some of the yellow. It's a it's a quality item. Uh, if you don't mind me asking, how much it'll set you back? Uh, yeah. I don't know. And, and Dan, uh, as we wrap this up, because we definitely have to wrap it up now. It is two hours of Eli Roth's Hostel. Um, did you get that tattoo, Dan, of the Bloodhounds? No, but you know what? And we've talked about this before, Alex. 
I've never been one to actually commit to a tattoo, but there was a time in my life for about three years where I seriously contemplated getting this tattoo. Now, I'm glad I didn't. I'm glad I didn't because yeah. literally, well, it just that's just for personal reasons. But, dude, if there was a tattoo that I would get, it would be the Elite Hunting Bloodhound. Uh, <laughs> Bloodhound, what? I swear you to God. You know what? That's it's a tattoo. I, I have tattoos. That's a tattoo I've never considered, but now that I don't know why, I don't know why I never thought of it. I guess because honestly, I didn't realize how much I how much I really love these films yes. until yes. this this moment, like until I viewed them this last time. Right. And uh, that is seriously something I would consider doing. And can you, and can you believe that uh, Derek Richardson, the guy in the first movie, he played a young Jeff Daniels in Dumb and Dumber? Remember? He oh played, my god! He played the young fucking Jeff Daniels. Just can you believe that? Well, okay. So here's my thing. I am so fucking happy that you guys dug these movies, though. See your reactions, dude. Like I'll be honest with you, I didn't know how you guys were gonna react, and it could not have been more perfect hearing you guys' thoughts on on both of these movies. Like you guys appreciated everything that I. I've seen. Oh, and by the way, uh, I think I know definitely the first movie. I forget about the second one. Dude, these have four commentary tracks on it. So everything that I've brought oh up God. isn't necessarily my own thoughts or whatever, but it just comes with the appreciation. Oh, uh, forget it then. No, yeah. Oh, well, I'm better than that. I fucking, we, we did ours in fucking two hours and uh, they did theirs in what, eight? And that's yeah. just one. And hey, listen, we didn't even we didn't even rag on you for how much they ramped up the whole kids aspect with the spitting in the face and how much more wacky the kids were in this movie. Would you like a smint? Well, that's the scene that he was referring to at the end with the whole beheaded soccer thing or, you know, he had a soccer ball head. While it's it's like darkly funny and. I, there is something about that scene that is basically saying every part every aspect of this area of this community of these of these all these people that are involved in this um they are every one of them is a twisted motherfucker and who has absolutely no and they're brutal and they have absolutely no regard for human life that from the moment that these kids take one of their own Yes, and throw them. throw them into the middle. Just randomly grab one and throw them in, and then push him forward. They one of their own pack. They just sacrifice, yeah. and then the next time we see him like kicking around of the the <laughs> the head. I mean, it's just it's they. There's no regard, no regard whatsoever <laughs> for human right. life, even that of your comrades, even that of your close friends. You know. That is wow. I mean, okay, how about this? The guy, the the mob guy, the lead guy, the one who's yes. in charge of everything, has a painting of this woman in his home. Right. A, a big, huge painting of this woman in his home. You would think he had some sort of emotional tie to her. You know, you would think he had some kind of, of, of loyalty, yet yeah. he, he, he does. does nothing to prevent her demise in the end like he doesn't give a fuck because he also money has a room money. full of heads <laughs> right because money is money and business is business and everything else can go suck a dick that's basically <laughs> what you get about him that's and it. that is wow yep that says it yep. all wow amazing you two really know how to tie up loose ends <laughs> <laughs> well so does the elite hunting group uh, society what is it is it society is it elite hunting group? Elite, or is it just is it just elite hunting? 
It's elite okay. hunting. Yep. Well, so does elite hunting. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, and by the way, this is why I was so fucking happy that we did these movies, guys, because uh, number three ties up nothing. It has nothing to do with any of these movies. If you want to bring in Hostel 3 into the Hostel conversation, dude, I'll kick you right out, dude. It's Hostel 1 and 2, and that's it. So you don't want me to do my classic thing where I add? No, no, no. no we can make it a hostile retro. I want nothing of the sort. That movie doesn't even belong anywhere <laughs> near the show. This, this, no, this, sir, I don't like it. No, you don't want to hear Michael J. talk about a handicapped guy? Fuck no, not even close. That's like no, a. I've actually never seen the third. I've never seen the third one. No. I know it. I know it takes place in Vegas, but I've never watched it. No, it's it's bad. Don't watch. You can listen to our review, Jamie. Check out the Jump the Shark uh, show. Yeah, don't listen to it. Hey, guys, this is Alex Aronson, creator and writer of Sting the Movie. And you guys are listening to The Skeleton Group. I love everything you do. When you call me fucking dumb for the stupid shit I do. Want to run my back with you. Fully undressed, no trade. And we'll live for you. Fucking dumb for the stupid shit I do Wanna run my back with you Fully undressed, no training wheels left for you I'll pull them off for you Do you guys wanna do Jump the Shark first? Pick our three, or or we'll do what, like five? What do we normally do, like five? Oh, we have to do all of them, because we're done, right? We're leaving, so... Pretty much. Yeah, yeah, we might as well pick... Oh, okay, we'll, we'll do like, um... Let's just do six of them, okay? Yeah, dude. I, and I, I do think that's a great idea, man. And, and it switches it up, too, you know. Um, and, hey, shout out to uh, Jordy, too, man. He, he's given some great suggestions, man, because those everything that he suggested, guys, like, as like I think there were maybe one or two where I was kind of on the fence about. But I totally agree with his, his suggestions, and I really want to do um, certain things. And. But hey, one thing that we have to do that he that he recommended too that oh my god, man, and and I understand why we didn't, and and honestly, like I'm still dreading it to this day because I don't want to watch one of these movies. Do you guys know what I'm about to say? It's a franchise, very popular franchise. The last entry was so fucking good. Pinhead. Nope. <laughs> Fuck no. Hell no. Hell, hell to the hell ring. Uh oh, child's play. Oh god. Oh, that's a good one too. Uh, no, we already did that. I think. What are you talking about, then? Uh, Final Destination. Oh, fuck yeah. I've, okay. I've been wanting to do that forever. I love that fucking franchise. It so, is, to me, one of the only near-perfect franchises. And, <laughs> really? Uh, yeah, and the, there's only one bad one, and that's the uh, the one at the fucking racetrack. Yep. Uh, I can't stand that movie, but it's a lot of people like it, but I hate that one. Who likes that movie? Fuck you. Get off this page if you do. Get off this fucking podcast if you like Final Destination. No, I'm just kidding. But, <laughs> Yeah, but but dude, like that's the thing. Like it, we, I remember we talked about this before. I remember Alex being like, "Oh, dude, four and I was like, "Yeah, you're right. I can't even deal with four, dude. Like it's so bad that it's like, how did this even like get made? Like, and how how could somebody make this a part of the franchise and be like, "Yep, yep, we're definitely adding to it." Like the only thing that they added, technically speaking, and literally technically speaking, is the three D. Right, exactly, and that's and. Yeah. It's so bad. It's so bad. Okay, we have a choice then. We have a couple options with Final Destination. Now, now don't let me sway you. Don't worry about what I think. Yep. Okay? Okay. Here's the options. 
We could make it part of the Jump the Shark show and just review the bad one, part four, whatever you just talked about, mm-hmm. the racetrack one. And then we could go and review the first one, some other show. Or we can do a retro. So we could either knock out just two of them or we could knock out the entire thing. What do you guys say? What say you guys? Uh, let's do both. Let's let's put four on the jump the shark, and then one, two, three, and five on the retro. It's just so they're all covered. Yet we'll have some context to number four, and that way we won't have to dive into it and and really get into it. And we can talk about the shitty aspects of it and why it jumped the shark. And then we'll just do uh, the really good ones on the retro. And if somebody's like, "Where's four? We'll just kindly direct them in the general direction of. Well, I'm the not sure we'll mention it five or six times in between part three and five. So. <laughs> and yeah, I think that's a good idea. That way we only have to cover each one one time, but we're still doing a full retro, basically. Right, exactly. And and it's I not mean, a continuity wait. thing either with that franchise. Like, it's not like you have to see four. No. See, you know what I mean? And, dude, like, Alex, have you seen five, dude? Like, the last I don't recall any of them. To me, they're all one big blur. Well, Jamie can can back me up on this. Dude, it's a game changer, man. I'm talking, like, endings. Yeah, it's that, really like, good. It's, it's really re- good. like really good dude and just the whole franchise as a whole man yeah like i i really like one i I love one two is like dude everybody seems to love two like i and i dig it too and i even really dig three like three's the one that i watched probably the. oh my god three is a i i fucking love three um the picture that one that one was badass to me though i actually saw that as an early screener and it was i had the best time watching that movie but it was yeah it's one of my favorites and then if like you um because the dvd has some fun features too yep. um but i yeah I, I love that series i've always loved that series to me if four hadn't mucked it all up it would right. be a perfect franchise oh yep. wow yeah i have all of them i have them all on blu-ray Oh, dude. So, okay, we have to do it then. Dude, we have to do that before we get out of here because I think it's essential viewing, man. I think that's one of the – dude, first of all, like it's a great concept, dude. But like, yeah, it's it's all predicated on the deaths and stuff like that. But, dude, those stories, like, man, they hold up, dude. Again, I, uh, you know, they really do hold up uh, in terms of like uh, a, a counter – what is it? Like a, like a different aspect of entertainment as opposed to just the kills. You know, like they are pretty fun stories and like – like, what do you do? You know, like, how do you combat, like, death? It's, it's Yeah, I like the premise. And I like the first guy's name is Alex, too. Yeah, that's right. You know, this spans the entire 2000 yeah. de- uh, decade. 2000? Yeah, it starts what? in 2000. The last oh, one came wow. out in 2011. 2011. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, man. Oh, dude. I love how 4 even, four even fucked up the title because it's called The Final Destination. And then they come back with Final Destination 5. I'm like, fuck you, 4. You had to just come <laughs> in and fuck everything up. Fuck you. And guess what? 4 is the shortest one. Yeah, it's is- only – that's the thing is it sucks so hard and it's only like 75 <laughs> minutes long. And I'm like – which is part of – which is part of the reason it fucking sucks because it's like <laughs> – Wow, now I'm dying to watch this. They I know, take no time. They take no time with character development, none at all. You don't know dick about those characters. I mean, nothing. Nothing. Wow. And it's just like, here we go, now we're going to die. Here we go, now we're going right. to die. I'm like, look, I get that that's what this franchise is built on, but why don't you fucking try? Ha ha ha. 
Well, and and here's the thing about it too. Like we're hyping this up, and I know you've seen some of them, Alex. Obviously, like we all, t- everybody talks about that. I've thing. seen about three or four. Of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The dude, the deaths in two are so good, man. The highway scene in the beginning of two is will go down in in fucking horror movie history, dude. That shit's badass. Yeah, I remember that. That was good. But here's the thing about it, though, and we're God believe me, we're gonna dive right into this as to why I really love this franchise is because. Obviously, a lot of franchises fizzle out and, you know, take four out of the equation and, and it would be near perfect. But, dude, Alex, the way they end this bitch on the last one, um, it is so perfectly done and and so smart the way they end it, dude. It's kind of like, Jamie, would you equate it to like a mic drop? Like they changed everything by doing that. Everything, I think. Yeah, I think so. I mean, yeah. <sighs> Bad. Yeah. You could say it, but it's badass, Alex. Dude, you're gonna be like, "What, dude? Are you? Fu-? Oh, dude, I know you're gonna love it." So that's why I'm so fucking pumped about doing the Final Destination series. So, so here's how we're gonna do it. Then we'll go with Dan's idea, and we'll do Final Destination four on the Jump the Shark show because apparently that's a clear winner with that. And then we'll uh, do the retro <clears throat> on another show. All right. Well. Now let's get to the Jump the Shark. Here's how we're going to do this, guys. Now, Jump the Shark number one. That was released June 18th, 2012. And we covered these franchises. So what the Jump the Shark show is, guys, for those who don't know or remember, is, every you know, the, the phrase Jump the Shark refers to on Happy Days when Fonzie got on a pair of skis. He was wearing his leather jacket. And I forgot the premise of it, but somebody bet him uh, that he he couldn't, I guess, jump over this shark that was inside of some kind of, like, containment in the ocean, and he jumped over this thing that jumped over a shark, and he landed on the other side. And it was, like, around, I think it was season five or so of Happy Days, and the thing about it is that it was so ridiculous, out of character. It was like, what are we doing now with this show? Like, this was a really good show. I actually have Happy Days um, season. Yeah, I used to love Happy Days. Mm. Yeah, I, I have the first four seasons, I believe. Every I'm, show I'm... hits that point, though, where they just, except like Breaking Bad or something. But most sitcoms hit the point where they just, get, it's like, stop already. You're you're trying, you're killing it. And right. They just don't know when to stop. Right. Right. And that was one of them. And they and they just that it was that's why it's legendary as being the definition of when something goes off the rails. Exactly. Dude, Lost is like known for that, dude. That whole last season's like what? Lost this is never a... started on the rails. Oh, you go <laughs> to hell, Jamie. You go to hell. <laughs> Sons of Anarchy did it in season seven, but they came back in the last five episodes, so at least you got that. Sons of Anarchy is kind of an enigma, though, in terms of jumping the shark. Like, exactly, you just said it, though, Alex. Exactly, bro. Like, they did, but they had some saving grace, and I'll say the same thing about Lost, Jamie, go to hell, where, yeah, the whole season sucked, but I did like, it sounds a little stupid, dude, but I did like the last scene, and I think it redeemed it, because as a whole, it was the same. One but then, scene. Yeah, dude, exactly, but try and, like, convince somebody that, like, no, seriously, watch the whole season. It's worth for the last scene, yeah. Good luck, you fucking prick. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'll see. I'll take that recommendation. <laughs> hey guys, we're gonna go through misery for like a really long time. But 
The guy said that the last scene is going to be all worth it in the end. <laughs> like, flash like forward. When someone tells me to read the Twilight series, and I'm like, no, I read the first one. It was terrible. And they're like, well, no. Shocked no, no, no. You... And they're like, if you can get through the first one, the second one's really good. And I'm like, why the fuck am I going to torture myself <laughs> right. to get to read the first book? Because maybe the second one might be okay because you said so? No, fuck that shit. I'm not doing that. <laughs> right. Well, that's, that's like. That's like dating a girl, and she's like, no, no, I swear, I'm going to make enough money, and I'm going to get plastic surgery. I promise I'll be hot one day. I promise. Like, okay. Like, you want me to fucking trust you and, and put in all that work for that? Hell no. <laughs> Sorry, I can go meet a hot girl today. Don't say that too loud, because that's what I promised Brian. <laughs> okay, so well, at least you came through, Jamie. <laughs> yes, you did, Jamie. You came through in spades. <laughs> so uh yeah so the jump the shark basically that's what it defines when everything goes wrong when a f- and what so what i did and what my brilliant idea is i said well let's translate that to horror franchises and we'll talk about the first time here's the funny thing about horror franchises just like these guys mentioned with final destination Four is the winner of the Jump the Shark. That's where the franchise just went wrong and it derailed and it's just, you know. But usually the definition refers to when it is over and that's the first sign and that's the end of it. But with franchises, every movie stands on its own. So the what we did discuss this on both shows, I'm sure, that you can redeem yourself. I mean, just because Final Destination 4 was really bad, it doesn't mean 5 wasn't great. So it's still, although, although in essence, all we're really doing is talking about the worst movie of each franchise. Um, so by definition, it doesn't mean that just because it, this happened that it stayed terrible. So that's that's one good thing, I guess, about horror movies and stuff. So the first uh, Jump the Shark we ever did... Uh, the franchises that we covered the worst of each franchise in is we did in order. This is all in order. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I think we covered part two. Uh, Puppet Master. I think Mike is the one who filled us in on what to talk about there because I had nothing to offer you guys. Couldn't tell you. Yeah. The Lost Boys. I think we realized that that I, I think we were pretty easy on that franchise and we said that um, it it never really jumped the shark. I mean, everybody will say part two, but we felt that part two wasn't really the worst thing in the world. Um, and part three really wasn't good either. But I'd say I, it declined pretty evenly, but it never, quote unquote, jumped the shark, I don't think. Yeah, it never just fell off. But then again, well, it's hard to say. I, I, I agree. We should probably like really look into that franchise one day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Exorcist, I believe we said it fell off on the th- second one. Second. second one, yeah, yep, yep. Nightmare on Elm Street, I believe we said the fourth. Yep, fourth, definitely. Oh, yeah. Jaws, we said the third, and then we covered Scream, and we said the third. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so then we did again. We did our Jump the Shark Part Two, September fifth, day before my birthday, two thousand twelve. So the franchises we covered then was. I know what you did last summer. Oh God! I believe we said the second one is where it jumped the shark. Is there a third one? Oh no, the third one. I no, always we... know what you did, Alex. Yes. Yeah, we because you you like part two, right? So we 
Two is fun, man. Two, two. It's by no means a good movie, but it's got a good reveal for the killer. Like, I don't think it's great by any means. Like, you probably could see it coming, but yeah, I thought it was really, really decent and fun. Added something new. Oh my god, dude! I will just say that 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 franchise didn't jump the shark just for that fucking tanning bed scene with Jennifer Love huge tits. I don't care, dude. But yeah, the third one was just okay. Here's the thing with that though. Even if you could argue that 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 two isn't that good, you compare it to the third one, which it's so funny because it's so bad. Yeah. Here's what we did. Yeah. I remember now. Yeah. It's jogging my memory. Okay. Okay. <laughs> we we felt that it was so uh, so non completely defined of where that went wrong that we decided to sort of talk about both movies, part two and three. Like, it was part, it was me arguing why two jumped the shark, and then, because you and Mike sort of were more into part three jumping the shark, I had to brush up on that, so we sort of gave a pretty in-depth look at part three. So, though we gave such an in-depth look at both of those in a really short amount of time, because I'm looking at it now, and it spans from the t- the 10-minute mark to the 30-minute mark, so we gave that 20 minutes. So what we ended up doing was, in 2013 or 14, we actually, the three of us, did a, I know we did last summer, retrospective, which nobody ever talks about. Isn't that so strange? Like, <laughs> Right. <laughs> yeah. Child's Play, we covered. Um I believe we said it jumped. I think before, it was the fourth, oh, oh, bro. The Bride of Chucky, whatever that is. Yep, yep, yep. Or yeah, Bride. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Um, Hostel. We obviously just said we covered the third one. We said it jumped there. That was so frustrating for me too, though, man. You know, like the one that I hate, we covered. You know, like it just. Yeah, it must have been right. <laughs> Jamie, J- Jamie must be salivating over there. Like Jamie, you are listening to all this. Are are you like man? Well, how come I wasn't in on the fun yet? <laughs> like, why did you guys do those shows so quickly? You assholes. Well, I mean, you had no way of knowing. True. Yeah, I know. I thought I'd be with Mike the rest of my life. <laughs> Jesus Christ. This is my life now. That's a fate worse than death. <laughs> I'd rather be on Blog Talk. Oh, God. So, Jamie, how do you feel when you listen to all this? Are are we listening? The, like, if you were with us, would you have said those are all the right ones so far? Um... I think for me it would have been Nightmare Two, um, oh! <laughs> but uh, other than that, you, you pretty much are pretty right there. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and that's so the thing you really too. Believe like, that, huh? Two. Wow. Yeah. Well, Actually, uh, Texas Chainsaw wouldn't be two for me either. Texas Chainsaw would right. be four. Uh, for right. me, it's Next Generation. But yep. Oh God, how bad was that, dude? Oh my God. It's, we covered that. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. No, but yeah, I, I was always curious to what Jamie thought as well uh, for when we covered those movies. Wait, I can't believe you said 2012, dude. And I just like, holy fuck, man. Yeah. September 5th, man. Wow. That was part two. That was the newer one. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, and then we did Creep Show. We said part three. Thank God they made part three. So we had a thing to talk about. Uh, Amityville Horror. I believe we said the th- third one because the second one's kind of funny and good with paulie from rocky mental yell from amityville axa didn't we kill your family still uh-huh. think it won't god damn it he will sorry and then saw we said oh i let you guys handle that one because i didn't, I wasn't familiar at the time until the banana laser retrospective mm-hmm. 
So uh, whatever you guys said, I think you said uh, four or five or something like that. Uh, and Troll, yes. we just we just really wanted to review Troll Two, so <laughs> we. We did a Troll 2 review. That's why you guys should really look back and read the descriptions of all the old shows we've done because there's a lot of things you're probably missing out on and the titles can be deceiving. Like you'll hear something and you'll be like, oh, oh, all they talk about is that. All they talk about is that one thing. All they talk about is that one thing. And meanwhile, if you look within the description, there's so many things we cover on those shows. So you really uh, owe it to yourself if you like the show to – to go back and really uh, dive in and explore all the old episodes, because we actually do cover a lot more than it appears on uh, to the to the eye, totally uh, just by looking at the list of what we've done. I agree. Yeah, uh, we will do a jump the shark part three before we're done here. And uh, oh, I guess we have to actually pick the franchises real quick. I, I got nothing. I got nothing lined up though. I haven't done my homework on this. I know Jeez, one I want to do for sure. Okay. Yeah. What do you got? Yep. Amityville. Well, we did Amityville. Ah, <laughs> oh, crap. I totally missed How did I miss that? What What number did you say? <laughs> Marijuana affects the memory. Uh, right. What number did you What number did you guys pick? The one, uh, three we did. No, man. It's four. <laughs> it's the fucking lamp one. That's the bad one. Really? Yeah. <laughs> hey, That's I just... the bad one. It's the first bad one because after the lamp one, there's the clock one, then there's the mirror, then there, I mean, and then it just gets all, it goes straight to hell. But I like the third one. Oh, okay. Well, then maybe we'll do the fourth one. Uh, Maybe we'll just, yeah. Oh, good. Now that Jamie's here, maybe we uh, should do like a a redo, um, a a second, we'll give it a second look. (laughs) We're going to remake their show. Yeah. Yeah. We'll just remake one of the ones and that way we can cover part four. Okay. So now we got to pick which franchises we're going to go. So you guys just give it a yes or no. And then if there's too many, then we'll trim it down even further. Okay, right? Yep. And some of these, we might not have to watch the movie because we know it so well. So we actually could do a little bit more maybe. Halloween. We never we never reviewed a Halloween, believe it or not, on our show. Really? So, Wait. never. No. Oh, my God. Dude. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> I say yeah. Why not? Okay. Sweet. Wish, Wishmaster. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, see, I, I'll I'll say yes just because Jamie said yes. So oh, I, great! I, I love try. Wishmaster. Yeah. You don't have to go very far in the franchise. Before it <laughs> okay, so, so there you go. Okay, so we just have to watch one movie. Good. Okay. All right. Cool. <laughs> right. Wrong turn. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. Did we accidentally do it already? Is the so Jamie? Let me know. Is the fifth one where it goes wrong? Ah, man, I don't know. It's been no. a while. Because we reviewed that. Is it sooner? Then we have to do it then. I think it's four, dude. Or four. Uh, it's either three or four that jumps the shark, I, I, I believe. But, um, okay. But yeah, but we we did a review on part six. Remember your boy, uh, Doug Bradley? Yes. Yeah. Uh, okay. Hatchet. Uh, we already did all three. Um, there's no real point we could mention it, I suppose, but we don't have to get into it. Nah, let's not even talk about it. Never mind. I'd say no. Because we're trying to save time here, so we don't have to do that. Psycho, we already did the whole thing. We already re- we reviewed part four. Mm-hmm. Uh, a- a paranormal Activity. Um, uh, that's not a bad idea. Yeah, we could do that. I'd be down for that. Dude, I watched the first one again. I really dug it. Well, I think we're going to have a disagreement, though, so we have to watch two different movies. Good. Yeah, let's do it. Absolutely. Well, Okay. Um, Children of the Corn. Uh, yeah, that's a. I was thinking about that one. No one really talks about those in general, so that's not a bad idea. I think for that reason, you know. Do we know exactly where to go right away? 
Uh, well, that's the thing. That's another franchise where you don't have to go very far. So, <laughs> Outlander. Here's the thing: if we if we can all agree on which one jumped, then we only have to watch one movie. If we don't agree, then that means we have to watch two movies: one one person says it jumped on, and one another person says it jumped on. Well, the problem with that is I don't remember exactly <laughs> where I think it did. So, right, I don't know. Maybe yeah. not. Maybe, maybe that would be too much then. Yeah. Pet Cemetery. That means we just review part two. <laughs> Wait, part two jumped the shark, you think? Maybe there's no. Maybe we should only do ones that have three movies, right? Otherwise, it's funny that it. you said that because when you said Pet Cemetery, I was like, oh, I, I think a lot of people like the second one. I know I did. Yeah, the they do. One. But and I was thinking also too what you just said, Alex, with with uh, Jeepers Creepers. But I'm like, nah, I like those, and they only have two of them, and I don't think they jumped the shark. So no. Yeah. Okay. Huh. No. Hellraiser. I think we <laughs> we no. would just review oh. part three then, right? Dude. I... Yeah. If you're asking me, I'd say no. I just am not a fan of that franchise. I don't. You don't feel like talking about. It? I can't. Like I, I will if, if you guys do, but I just can't get into that shit. I've I've tried literally like three or four times to watch the first one, and I'm just like, this is fucking stupid. I'm sorry. It's just uh, that's just how I feel. What do you think, Jamie? I mean, Basically, if he uh, if he just flat out doesn't like it, I don't want to make him do it. You know. Right. <laughs> I feel like I feel like a lot of people do want us to, but that's just my personal opinion. Where I don't know, man. Like, I, and and I, honestly, I think Pinhead's a great character, and and I think Doug Bradley plays him well. I've seen some of them. A lot of people talk about that franchise too. So, I, in my personal opinion, I'd say leave it to all the other podcasts to talk about the Hellraiser series. I'm right. straight. So you gotta remember, in essence, we're just saying which one of these movies are we making fun of? True. So, so it's the question is, do you want to make fun of Hellraiser three or not? So the answer is no. <laughs> you know what, dude? I, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Leave it in. Okay. Yeah. All right. So we'll make fun of Hellraiser three. But then again, I don't have any reference point, but I'll take you guys' word for it. If the two. If oh yeah, it's it's three. It's three. okay. <laughs> right on. It's it's where, it's just not as nearly as good as the first two, right, Jamie? I mean, it's just clear. That yeah. Have you guys ever seen yeah. Reed 911 by any chance? Lieutenant Dangle? No. Uh, Jamie? Were you on 911? Anybody? Um, I think I watched a couple of episodes. Yeah, he's a comedic actor. He's in a lot of stuff. Anyways, he just got cast in The Last Hellraiser, which is extremely strange casting. If you know who I'm talking about, he's a comedic actor. So I don't know. I heard that franchise went down the tubes a long time ago. But what the, the whole point of saying that is it doesn't seem like it's being revived anytime soon. And guys, if we're missing anything, by the way, too, add it in the comment section. That let us know if I. Oh yeah, you guys totally fucking dropped the ball. You missed this franchise or that or whatever. But um. Yeah. But yeah, you, you're definitely naming some good ones for sure. I didn't mean it that way, but you know what I mean. If uh, if we are missing anything, let us know. Yep, uh, Leprechaun. <laughs> I think that movie jumps the shark with the first one. <laughs> the first so one. I, I, that movie's boring as shit. Yeah. I, I I every time I try to watch it, I'm like, oh man, this movie's. I remember it. All right, used to, but I finally got it into my head. But for the longest time, I was like, oh, this is gonna be fun. This movie is goofy and fun. And then I watch it, and I'm like, no, it's not. It's boring. And I don't know why I could never remember that. And then finally, yeah. Two things about that movie is Francis and the fact that um the the uh, dude uh, Jennifer Aniston is so much hotter now than she was back then. Yeah, she is. Right. 
Oh, yeah. yeah. It's the nose job. Yeah. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah, yeah. It really helped. Plastic surgery thing, yeah. <laughs> All right. No, so we don't want to talk about it. Okay. <laughs> Ghoulies. I could fill you in. You guys probably don't know it. Ghoulies 1 is a strange 80s movie. Ghoulies 2 is a really fun 80s movie. I have the Blu-ray. You got to watch it. Like, it's these little ghoulies that go to a circus and start killing people. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember, but I do think this... I actually enjoy the second one more than the first one. Yeah, easily. And then the third one, they go to college, and that's a really (laughs) odd one. And That'd be funny to review because that's an odd one because they almost seemingly... And I bet if you look it up somewhere, this is the case... They mixed two movies together because it's called Ghoulies Go to College and somehow they get into like this uh, fraternity. It's almost like one half of the movie is a college comedy of the 80s that just was not as good as Animal House or something. So they kind of scrapped it or said, you know what, we got to we, we gotta do something with this. But, you know, like they bought the rights so they have to make it, but it's just not enough so they said well we have a ghoulies franchise too can we blend the two <laughs> and it's it's almost like that they're almost two different movies in one mm. but somehow somehow those get college kids must have been the ones getting killed in this so they they have to go together somehow i'm just not exactly sure how but yeah it's odd that way so that would be an interesting possibility Review, I don't know. So your yays or nays are going to be big on that one. So go ahead. Uh, Jamie, you take this one. I got no clue. I've never seen any trailers, anything about that whole franchise at all. My interest is peaked just by what you said. It's that sounds I was like... I say, then we should, just so yeah. you could be exposed to it. Totally. Okay. All right, let's do it. Let's do it. Yay. Leave ghoulies. Yep. All right. We'll do a Sons um, of Anarchy table. Yay. And the rest are... The Universal movies I had in here, but um, I think we have enough, though. So we don't have to go there. No? Okay. Yeah, I'd say that's enough for an episode, wouldn't you? Hi, this is Kim Coates. You listen to The Skeleton Crew. And keep listening, or else. I think I just remembered something. I think I left the farts at running. Now my words are filling up the top. Soaking in it, but I know you'll get out the minute. You notice all your fingers pruning up. I'm tired of being careful, tiptoe, trying to keep the That will definitely be happening next, I think. Yes. Very soon. And, uh, yeah, so guys, Hostel 1 and 2, great stuff. Dan, thanks for suggesting it. Dude, thank you guys for covering it, man. Yo, I've been, oh, thank you guys so much. You don't know how much this means to me doing these movies. I love them so much. And to hear you guys love them, like, I I can't even put it into words. I I love fucking you guys. (laughs) (laughs) I'm looking forward to uh, to jump the shark because you realize that that's the f- this will be the first time I've ever done that with you guys. I know, and I've actually wanted to do that um, the whole time I've been on the crew, but we've just never done it since I've been here. So um, I'm really excited about that. Well, it's actually a big deal this time around because we just heard on the last show that we jumped the sharks. So we feel it's time. 
to jump in one more time <laughs> in our own, in a creative way. Right. And then, not only are we doing that, we all know that Jaws struck on mm-hmm. July 4th, Jamie. Mm-hmm. July 4th. So you know what that means, guys? We are going to jump Jaws himself. You know, it, it's the third and final jump the shark, the last year of the skeleton crew, so we're going to go big this time. We're not just going to jump any random fucking shark in the in the water. No, we're jumping Jaws herself. Wait, is it a girl, right? Is it we, did we learn that? <laughs> I think so, yeah. Yeah. Okay. We're jumping Jaws herself. Oh, shit, son. Yo, sharks. Sharks will roar, motherfucker. Yep. So uh, this takes a lot of planning, a lot of watching and stuff like that. So uh, there's a little bit of downtime for the crew, but we are preparing for this. So, guys, we will see you on skis. Good night. (laughs) 